Could you please stop referring to assholes as my friend? Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Thursday, June 17th, 2010. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 209. This is No Agenda. Now with full-time oil spill cam on your screen and coming to you from the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, it's a nice day again. There's no oil here. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill. In the morning. Well, in the morning to you, John. In the morning to everybody. Coast to coast and ships at sea. Hey, that's my line. But yes, hello, ships at sea. And uh, in the morning to all you human resources. I hope you all... We actually have a listener who's on a ship at sea. Yes, I know. That's why you stole my line. Of course. Yes. I hope all the human resources are all nicely charged. We need you uh, fit and healthy for another day in Gitmo Nation. (sighs) And uh, we have stiff competition today, John. What? Well, uh, everyone is broadcasting the... uh, Investigation of CEO Tony Hayward. Live, live, live. Have you noticed this this guy just looks like that British actor who always plays he Tony totally Blair? Like a, he looks like the <laughs> doofus British actor. Yeah. <laughs> There's a guy who plays a, a, a doofus British uh, guy on the 30 Rock show. Yeah. Who he reminds me of. It's like, it's like they called up Central Casting and said, hey, uh, hey, man, we need something for this show that we've put on this uh no, we need two people. We need a doofus guy. We need a Swede. Yeah. <laughs> Send your headshots over. We'll uh, we'll test it. And we need a Swede who says little people and small people. <laughs> it's really unbelievable. What a great show. And and everywhere, every single channel in the United States. I I can't wait until um, you know the new uh, HBO series start. I think it all starts uh, this weekend. They start with, uh, what's coming up? Entourage and uh, that new lesbian show. And you know they're going to have a BP uh, oil spill cam in the lower right-hand corner of everything. It's just, you, you, it's just everywhere. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, could it be any more obvious? They're trying to communicate a message to you. Well, I think this is all the uh, part of the Get Obama campaign. Uh, no, I think the Get Obama is part of the oil cabal campaign, but I'm sure we'll we'll get into that. And, you know, if this thing keeps going on, which apparently now it looks like it's going to be years. Yeah, forever. <laughs> forever. Well, no, they, if they drill, they think if they drill t- at least two of these uh, other wells nearby, they can suck enough oil fast enough to stop the thing. Oh, but, but the hole will be there forever. No, but that's that's the whole joke, John. That's the whole joke. You see, the... Um, when they uh, drilled into the volcano, because that's really what it is, and I have some uh, some evidence of that. Save it for the second half of the show when you go crazy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if we can save it that long. It's too good. Volcano. Oh, that comes out hot boiling. Well, um, I'm going to ask you some chemical questions. And, of course, as a former chemical uh, environmental uh, testing engineer specialist, uh, you might be able to answer some of these questions. I probably can't. No, I don't know. I, mean, I, get my, I don't have my Merck. You know, somebody <laughs> sent me a Merck index, and I you, you promptly lost it in the house. You don't, you don't need it. I, it's, it's really simple. Here, well, you can start Googling. Um, hold on. Oh, that's a good idea. I should do what you do, Google. Yeah, that's all I do. During the show, so yeah. I look smart. 
uh, hydrogen sulfide. Yeah, what about hydrogen sulfide? Yeah, well, you tell me how good that is for you. It's not well. It's just very similar in the, the way it acts on a person as carbon monoxide. It attaches itself to the uh, red blood cells, and then you just kind of die, die because right? you don't get any oxygen. Yeah. Well, so what's also nasty about hydrogen sulfide is that um, in high concentrations, toxic concentrations, which is one of the reasons it is all over the oil refineries, by the way. In in toxic concentrations, uh, you can't smell it because it sensitizes. It's it does something to your uh, smeller. Right. It sensitizes your nose, and so you can't smell it. So you, if you actually had, if you walked into a, it's it, this is the rotten egg smell that you get. Oh, uh, is, is that what it is? <laughs> rotten eggs. Yeah, oh, sorry. actually, that is. In fact, when you when you fart a rotten egg smell, that's hydrogen sulfide. Really? So so it's it's uh it's man made. It can be if you have if you've been eating it, you know over you know overcooked uh, hard boiled eggs or things like that. It's got really? Oh, that's that's mint. I had no idea. Well, anyway, sulfur compounds can turn into hydrogen sulfide quite easily, and anyway, it stinks. It smells like rotten eggs, and the uh, uh, but at real high concentrations, it, it sensitizes the, your nose receptors, and you can't smell yeah. it at all. You take one deep breath, you're, you drop dead. Right, very, well, that, very toxic. Yeah, that, that's what seems to be happening down but, there. But in it's Louisiana. only in parts per per million. You know, when you're right, smoking. right. Yeah, it's uh, fifty to two hundred. Shot it. Fifty to two hundred parts per million is when you die. I don't know what the number is. Well, that's what I have I from the EPA. That that sounds low. Really? More than that. Maybe hmm. prolonged exposure at that level, perhaps. Right. If you're cleaning a beach or something. <laughs> Maybe. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we we can talk about that later. Uh, why don't we start off? Oh, please but tell what me was the point of the question. Well, no. You want me to save it for the second half of the show when I go crazy? Okay. So why don't we um, tell me we have someone supporting today's show, please? Oh yeah, we do. But I didn't open the spreadsheet. Hang on a second. Okay. Well, Ooh, I forgot to do something. At least we have someone supporting the show. Man. Yeah. I. But I, this is the worst week we've ever had. Oh, of course, uh, and, I, and I, I probably can tell you why. No, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> don't even know what I was going to say. I, I, whatever you're going to say is not It's uh, not it's, true. It's okay. Not You've done the analysis. You've done the work. You've put in the research. Yeah, it's partly summer and partly the... Well, I guess it's uh, safe for me we to... Haven't been, we haven't been sending out any mail, and, you know, the people are wondering who we are, and... Yeah, people forget. People, yeah, you people know, forget I, I like to see us. what our numbers are, but we do have one executive producer. Okay. Robert Goshko, out of Sherwood Park, Alberta, a Canadian. Nice. We have no American producers of any uh, consequence. And, you know, and, and, and I'm actually okay with that. I am, too. I wish we had more from Zurich. Uh, <laughs> hi, John and Adam. It's been a long-time listener, first-time donor, so he requests to be dedouched. Oh, well, we'd be very happy to comply with that. <laughs> You've been dedouched. So he's been dedouched now. He gave us 200 bucks, and he took over the place. And uh, do we have an associate executive producer? No, no, that's it. That's wow. all we got is, is Robert is the guy wow. who took over the place. Um, well, we do, of course, want to thank Andrew McKinnon, who was the series producer for the uh, month of June. Did his check clear, by the way? Uh, I had haven't checked. I didn't go to the bank this week. Yeah, I don't think we should do that anymore. Like, no, no, we get, won't. We already people talk, talked about it. We don't need to belabor it. We didn't it. talk about it on the air, and I feel I don't think we needed to talk about it on the air. 
Well, we should have talked about that off the air during the meeting. <laughs> well, that'll never happen. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, uh, thank God for Gitmo Nation, Great White North. We highly appreciate the support from Robert Goshko today, $200, as our uh, uh, executive producer for No Agenda Episode 209. Uh, you're keeping us on the air. Uh, that is highly appreciated. And of course, this is a real credit that you can use on your CV. Um, it has been known to uh, be recognized in show business circles as something uh, of great merit and of importance. And for the rest of all of you out there, especially you in the chat room, it is time once again to uh, come out with our mantra and our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. And it can also be a karate chop if you feel like it. And watch the oil spill cam and feel threatened. So on today's show, we have a number of things to discuss. Yes. Uh, and it's going to be interesting. They're all related to the oil spill, except the one or two items I have. No, I think the entire, everything in the world at this point, for me, is just relating to oil. <laughs> it's like it's all, of, anything, anything and everything, I can somehow, within one paragraph in my mind, can relate it back to oil. Everything that's happening. It's all about oil. I, it, it, I just, and we can end the show. The series can be over. Well, actually, we do have a, uh, a long clip. Uh, so we want to get the show over with about probably 10 minutes early because it's a 10 minute, it's eight minute really? long clip from John Stewart huh. that I thought was the best. Although Stewart kind of, I think, uh, didn't let, he kind of maybe didn't, he may have ruined the flow a little bit the way he handled it, but. Probably some of the best work I've ever seen on the Daily Show in my life. Hmm. And, and let's face it, you've been, been around all my life. But yeah, you've been around for a while. And it is uh, a, 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 a kind of a, a gathering of quotes about how we're going to get off foreign oil that go back to Nixon. Every single president saying pretty much the same thing, uh-huh. including Barack. And it. He's got. I, I don't know how much work they put into this thing. They gave it a long time on the show because eight minutes is you know most of the show. But it was the the amount of research that went into pulling these clips was astonishing. Right. I mean, it was a jaw dropper. Okay. Well, I don't watch John Stewart. It's, I think it's too late. It's eleven o'clock, right? It's on too late for me. It's on at four. It's on at six. It's on at eight. <laughs> it's on at ten. Oh, it's that John John Stewart channel, right? It's uh, Comedy Central. They, they show stuff over and over. <coughs> but anyway, the point is, is that I don't watch. I, you know, I've actually put him back on the uh, on the DVR because <clears throat> since good. Obama has turned into a kind of a a, a, a punching bag, a punching bag. Exactly. Yeah. He uh, Stewart is up. You know, he's back on his on old form. You know, he he needs he needs that. He needs to. You know, yeah, well, that's something. right. I mean, it was great when Bush was president, and uh, and it was funny, and because he had this enemy, and uh, I guess now Obama is his new enemy. Yeah, not only that, but I've got a couple of other clips. I decided to left, lean left this week and listen to all these. Some of these shows, like I decided, no, I didn't to, realize I, that Joy Behar was. Oh no! Such, I mean, she is beyond. I mean, this is supposed to be. This is off of CNN, and they they let somebody like this who's just a a blatant promoter. Well, technically, uh, it's HLN, so it's uh, it's the, your thing. it's your world in twenty minutes is. Uh, it, it's what all the young kids are watching these days to get their news. HLN. Well, they, 
they had a lot of Miley Cyrus on this show, that's for sure. You know, but, it, it, should we just do this real news for, for one second? <laughs> and now, back to real news. The, uh, the big distraction which uh, came flying across the wires yesterday is that uh, celebrity blogger Perez Hilton posted an upskirt of uh, Miley Cyrus, who is, uh, of course, a minor, minor Cyrus. And uh, he could go to jail. This is the big, uh, the big flap, so to speak. Yeah, he'd go to jail for being a, a kitty pornographer. Yeah, <laughs> and you know what? Uh, for once, I think that would be great. <laughs> hey, this is a, this is going to put it to the test. I've put Mario Landera Jr. I've, I've 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 met with him. I had a couple meetings. Mario Landera Jr. Perez Hilton. And uh, I can safely say, 100%, he's a real dick. Yeah, I think most people would agree with that. Uh, but I mean, not just for the stuff he does, but just as a person. He's like, uh, uh, you're scary. Um, okay. So, uh, do you want to do a Behar clip? Is that what you're telling the police? No, no, no. I want to put the Behar clip. But when we start talking about Obama's speech, because uh, okay. you're going to talk about Obama's speech, I believe, right? Um, uh, yes, well, there's a couple of things. Do you want to do you want to get right into that? Because the the weird thing is, uh, I had a pretty uh, a pretty well, big wait, moment. Wait, wait, let's finish the Perez Hilton thing. Well, th- well, that's it. I mean, it, you know, uh, everyone. Well, so they're gonna, you know, they're it's a distraction. Make... It's just a distraction. Everyone's talking about well, it, I, but there's been no charges. There's there's nothing. You know, no one has gone to the feds. And we could do it. We could go and complain. We say, hey, we think this guy should be in jail. <laughs> <laughs> this shows you how stupid these sex laws are. Anyway, so, um, in fact, talking about how stupid the sex laws are, they are trying to indoctrinate us. We've talked about this before, about nudity as pornography. And, you know, you, you know the, the point is, is that, and I've actually asked some, some, some uh, prosecutors about this, and, and this, is a, this is an absolute fact. If you draw a stick figure, stick figure, <laughs> and put an arrow pointing to it and say, naked eight-year-old <laughs> you can go to jail you could go to jail and if you drew, drew the exact same exact same no difference exact same stick, stick figure right and put an arrow to it and said nude 18 year old that's okay god we should so throw this jabroni in jail <laughs> so i mean yeah i mean apparently i mean so so the kind of propaganda that comes out play the clip under uh clips two streaker as sex offender oh yeah oh this is of course oh please don't be streaking hey that dirty handkerchief you threw on my desk turns out there was actually some verifiable dna on it ryan winkler had to register as a sex offender after streaking drunk and naked through the city come on that's a crime yes whatever let's go bust a pump <laughs> what is what is that from? That's great. It's from a kind of a cop comedy, which I, by the way, think will probably be the end of these cop shows. <laughs> a very well structured cop comedy called The Good Guys, which just oh right that just uh, debuted. Fox. Right, let's go bust a punk, damn streaker. <laughs> you know, it's 
It's funny, but it's not because I'm sure you can get you'll be reg, you'll be arrested and have to register as a sex if offender. If you be in the park now, this is you know the idea is you. I think you've brought this up. There's so many pedophiles within. When you see a judicial guy or a legislator pushing this sex offender stuff, it's generally because he's a pedophile. If you make everybody in the country a sex offender, and you can get you away know, with murder. Take a picture of the kid on a bearskin rug. You, you know that's a sex offense now. Yeah. A streaking somehow is a sex offense. Peeing in the parks a sex offense. Then the real. The real rapist, sex offense, offense, pedophile creeps can hide in plain sight. Right, which is what they do, and they're at the highest levels of government and justice. And uh, uh, people sometimes look at me like, are you out of your mind? Are you insane? And like, first, the answer, of course, is yeah, because I don't want to get uh, shot. So please continue to call me a crackpot. But yeah, and uh, the center of it is Gitmo Nation Lowlands. That's where they are. They're sitting there, highest levels of justice, pedophiles. And, yeah, and, and they, they, they took me I, off a radio like, station and took down the whole station for me saying that. Yeah, good work. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is why we need to be user-supported. And now I'm on the Internet. Because they can't take us down unless they take down the Internet, and they're not doing that. Well, <laughs> uh, I, hate to, I hate to break it to you, John. Have you heard about the, uh, the latest? <laughs> it's not news. What do you mean it's not news? About the fact that Obama can flip a switch and kill the Internet? Yeah. Yeah, it's been around for a couple months Yeah, now. but it's heating up now because now the uh, you know, now there's a, it's a true proposal in the Senate. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Are you there's kidding me? Of course it's going to happen. Problems. Of course. It, 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 if, if, we're, if we're under attack. They're not going to do anything. It's too much. Well, they could flip it off or, or reset it, but there's too much commerce. It would, it would, the economy would go into a tailspin, and we'd be in a massive depression. Yeah, but John, it, you're it, missing it, the it, point. What do you think all that that uh, Sam knows secret sauce is in your Wi-Fi router for? That's what it's for. Of course, commerce will continue, but not in yours. Yeah, right. Don't worry. It'll be at the head end or whatever they call it. The head end. <laughs> so anyway, but I got a kick out of that the, that streaker clip because uh, this woman she says that's you know she says she uses streaker as a sex offender, and they, which is like it's got nothing to do with sex. By the way, streaking never had anything to do with sex. So how are you a sex offender? Okay, my parents so, used. I bet you you struck, didn't you struck? No, no, I was the I. I you were no. the guy egging them on. You were holding their clothes. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> yeah, I'll hold your clothes. Go ahead, go streak. There's more girl streak. We had a lot of girl streakers in Berkeley back in the day. Yeah, I mean, my, my mom used to joke about it. That was like the big thing. And when she was in college, she's like, "We go, we go streak at the football game." <laughs> and so that, anyway, she, the, the, the guy, she says to the cop, "He says, is that that's an offense?" A sex offense? And she says, yeah. And then the cop says, whatever. Let's go bust a punk. Yeah, let's go bust a punk. I love it. That's perfect. Duh. Hey, John, so I've got a break for a second here. Uh, So I had a a pretty big day Monday uh, on my deathbed because I I really had a horrible stomach uh, virus and amongst other associated diseases. Causing H2S, perhaps? H2S? Oh, brother. The, a two-minute callback and you don't get it. Okay, go ahead. Oh, yes, yes. Lot, <laughs> H2S, yes. Uh, for real. I was intoxicating myself. And um, and so I was on the Howard Stern show, and um, which I thought was a pretty good appearance. And then you're like, well, and I said, well, what would you think? You know, I sent you a clip. And you're like, I'll tell you on the show. I don't want to tell you now. So I, I figure you've got something negative to say. 
No, I didn't have anything negative to say. It'd be nice if that uh, you maybe mentioned your partner because it was my show, my show, my show. Oh, Dave Weiner. Is that who I'm talking to? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, Weiner. hi, Dave. How and, are you? Oh, and hi, Dave. The crew of Mevio, you didn't mention the Mevio, your own company, even once. Really? Really. I talked about the company a lot. Yes. No, oh, well, you know what? Let me tell you. Everyone knows it's Mevio because I was a hot trending topic on uh, on Google. Mm. And you know what happens when you're a hot trending topic on Google? People click on you. The spammers come out. Oh, you get spammed? Uh, no, well, um, so of course, like any good narcissistic person, I have uh, Google alerts set up for my name. And so when you're a hot trending topic, then all of these spam bots jump into action. They start creating thousands of web pages with your name. Oh, SEO guys. Oh, my God. And so I just got, you know, email after email. I'm like, wow, what's going on? And you, know, you click on all these links and like poing, you know, Viagra, all this stuff starts popping up. It's completely, it's, Google is, is lame. There's, it's completely gamed, the whole thing. It's it, it's out of control. I've been bitching about this, and I and I don't see it ending. So, um, so this first, is the weed whacker. Uh, so, anecdote. first of all, um, uh, apologies if you feel slighted that uh, that I didn't mention your name. No, I just thought it was an opportunity that, to mention my name because I could use the publicity. But uh, I'll, t- you I'll tell I'll that. tell you why. I well, your name I and you didn't say what the show was about, which I thought was a mistake. Oh. God, you know, do you have any idea how careful you have to be in a Howard Stern interview? If I had said what the show was about, then it would have ended very differently. Then it would have ended in total disaster. You you cannot give the guy an inch. If you give him one inch of anything that he can noodle into and tear you apart over, he will. Well, you did avoid. Well, that. you know what? I'm sorry. I'm, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I did it. Now, fuck you, Dave Weiner. Maybe you didn't mention me. I need all the credit. Well, you did. You did give yourself all the credit. For what? I said we we are making money. No, no, you said we, my show, my show, my show, oh. as if you're like doing this single show, and it was, and then you never said what it was about. It's not like a music show you're doing. We didn't pick up any traffic. We were monitoring it in real time. Oh, yeah? I saw uh, about 10 times as much traffic to noagendashow.com. What are you talking about? You don't see any numbers. What, the, what are you talking about? That's what they were doing at the office. They were, they were looking for traffic spikes. They didn't see any. You're, you know, you're a fucking baby. I'm you, just you, telling you. You didn't mention my name. You, me, 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 me. Yeah, it was, it was, you know, I did in the morning. I got noagendashow.com. You got in the morning at the very end. You could have said it right at the beginning. You didn't do that what either. What the fuck? Fuck you. I'm just telling you, you wanted a commentary. No, I wanted commentary. I didn't want a baby you, to be oh, like. I'm sorry, you all you uh, want is praise. No, no, no. no that's I, it. No, that, yeah, that's right. That's right. You know what? That's right. You know, you know what? You know what they all say they're right. All I want is for you to suck my dick. That's right. So you can yeah, get you free health care and free cell phone. That's See, it. Now this is the kind of thing we need more on the show. We need some more support. People like it when we bicker. No, I don't like it because you've seriously got me. Of all the things you could have said, of all the things, <laughs> you didn't mention my name. It's like my show, my show, my show. Well, guess what? It is my show. Okay. Jesus Christ. No wonder your kids are fucked up. Oh, brother.
It's that homeschooling. They're probably going to turn into terrorists. That could be. Are you calm down now? No, I'm 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 livid. I'm okay, livid. I, I I finally go out and I I get some real promotion for the show. You could be on a is, thousand shows. You do one thing once. Th- this is not one of a thousand shows. This is a, a show that that you yourself say is marginalized. But in fact, you've said it on ah, this. Ah, that's different. That, after no, no, no. I said Howard Stern is marginalized because the media doesn't talk about him anymore. Has nothing to do with the fact that he has a huge audience that is probably listening to us right now. I would like to hear anyone in the tw- in the Twitter army or in the oh, chat. Oh, I need I need my friends to come and help me. Please tell me, tell me I'm right. If you're just going to be this way about this, I'm sorry I brought it up. You should be. No, I mean it's 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 okay for you to be upset. I didn't mention your name, I wasn't but upset. I didn't. But I, I didn't. Just, but I you make it you make it, it sound nice like you. If you showed some consideration, in the least. And did one of two or three things. One, you didn't mention Mevio the entire interview. Well, that was an oversight. I, t- I talked about the company the whole time. I'm sorry, it was 3.30 in the morning. Sorry. Sorry. I talked about what we do. I talked about that we're helping people make money. So, yeah, that, 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 that's a good point. Valid point. But uh, I didn't, I felt it was not prudent to go into what our show was about without him asking because then he'll, then he'll be like, oh, what are you like? Eh. Okay, I'll give you that. You know, you got to be careful with these things. So I figure, you know, as long as they spell your name right, it's good press. But of course, they didn't spell your name because I didn't mention you because it's only my show. <sighs> That's the only three comments I had. The rest of it I thought was a little boring. Boring. Yeah, I thought, don't you think it was boring? He didn't have any good questions to ask. He just kept grilling you about how much money could be made. It was almost like listening to Charlie Rose when he gets carried away with how much money you make. What does it feel like to be a millionaire? The guy's got half a billion dollars. You should be interviewing him. All right. Well, I'm sorry I did it now. Because now, now it's, it's put bad blood between us. <laughs> there he goes. No. Well, when you calm down, we can we can get back to this show. No, go ahead. I mean, uh, since you're so important on the show, please uh, carry it carry it as usual. I never said that I carried the show. No, no, no. no. I just thought it'd be nice if you mentioned my name. Is that asking too much? I, I always mention your name. I've done a number of shows. Well, be, because no one knows John C. Dvorak. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I apologize. I'm sorry. I, I, I thought I did a good job. I thought I did a good job for the show, and uh, apparently... Uh, well, if we start, ap- I didn't see any... Appar- bit. Apparently, the name recognition for the show is, uh, is not enough. I have to uh, have a checklist next time of, yes. uh, of people to thank. And, and I want to thank... You know what? You should, I'll thank you and your you buddies. Go, from- you, you know how much time we're wasting on this? I don't think it's wasted time. I have no agenda. Do you? I'm just saying, no, I don't, but you seem to have one right now just to belittle me. Uh, belittle you? You called me Dave Weiner. What, what's the most insulting thing you can tell anybody? Well, that's exactly what Dave Weiner did when I did an interview about podcasting. Like, you didn't mention my you name. You just did it again. What? What did I do again? You called me Dave Weiner. No, I'm, said, I'm explaining 
why I'm making that analogy. Because this is it's a complete repeat for me. When I was out promoting podcasting, Fine. Dave Weiner got all bent out of shape that I didn't say... Were you doing a show with Weiner? I didn't realize that. Actually, I was, yeah. Yes, I was. And you talked about the show and you never mentioned him? No, I, I was talking about podcasting. Well, that's different. Uh, okay, well, whatever. I have respect for you. I have respect for your opinion and your feelings. So uh, if you were here, I'd hug you. And I'd say, I'm sorry. Uh, I'll, I'll make it up to you. That's just a comment I made. Yeah, that's okay. Point taken. So, uh, so this is why we need your users. We need listener support. So why? You can hear more of this. For why? Why? I, I, I hear for twenty minutes. I hear radios all around the world turning off. You're like, Shh. actually, they never turn off that stuff. Mm. But talking about bad, uh, bad acting. I got a clip for you. I didn't realize, by the way. What a crappy movie Rebel Without a Cause was. You mean Marlon Brando? No, with, uh, no, James Dean. I'm sorry. Ugh, Natalie Wood. That was the wild one. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it's black and white. Ah, <laughs> it's in color. Really? Was that not a colorized version you saw? I don't think so. Hmm. Okay. But it was so grim that it, you would just... Uh, there's a bunch of movies I've seen that I, I imagine were in color or black and white. Then when I went to see them again, it was just the opposite. Okay, so you I have a. You this is the it. worst movie, I think. It's got so much praise, and I was watching part of it. It's, it's just the most unbelievably bad movie I've ever seen. I can't believe that. And James Dean, I don't see what the big deal is. Okay. It's my pet peeve of the day. You can play the clip or not. Well, that wasn't a real good setup. I mean, do you want to... The clip of Rebel Without a Cause, you mean? Yeah. yeah okay. Hey, Jimbo. Jimbo. You awake? Huh? Can I ask you something? Sure. Sure, Jimbo. Shoot. Suppose you had to do something... You're right. It's horrible. Did you just it just to, gets worse. You just wanted to go pee? Is that why you wanted me to play this two-and-a-half-minute clip of Rebel Without a Cause? <laughs> you know, we have Netflix. Uh, Mickey insisted on getting Netflix, and I'm like, yeah, you're going to regret it. Uh, and you, you, you do regret it because the quality of the DVDs that show up are so crappy. Um, but you know, we got uh, Rosemary's what? Baby the other day. You mean they're crappy? The quality, they, there's scratches on it, and they, they get stuck, and they don't eject, and there's always something with these uh, Netflix huh. DVDs. Because, uh, you know, you get them from other people, and they're like, I don't know, they use them as coasters. Um, and so we rented Rosemary's Baby, which is another classic. And I'm like, ah, all right, slow. You know, I, I need, like, explosions and uh, action and stuff, and uh, just a story with old cars doesn't hit, doesn't do it anymore. Okay. Yeah, I. I, I Can we get back to Obama? <laughs> we must find a common enemy. <laughs> That'll help. Now go ahead. What you got? It's your show. I found that the, I think the the whole thing that about you. Did you get any clips from the speech? I I didn't pull anything from the speech because what I um 
because first of all, it's been played over and over and over again, and and I was thinking we could pull it apart, but maybe it's more interesting what happened yesterday, um, and the point that, and you know, I don't have to play a clip for everyone to understand the point. I think that what uh, this, so there was a meeting between, and this meeting included some amazing people, by the way. I've I've done a little bit of work on them. So the meeting between BP and the president, and. Uh, so the president comes out and he says, well, you know, we worked it all out with BP. And this is just such an amazing, astounding, great move. Uh, they're going to put uh, $20 billion. They're going to set that into escrow. Uh, the, by the way, the way this shows up in the press is here's the Wall Street Journal, who you would expect uh, to do some proper journalistic reporting. Their headline is BP agrees to $20 billion fund. Now, there is a... Tremendous difference between a fund and an escrow account, particularly if an escrow account is administered by a, quote, independent third party, which can only be a bank, because banks keep money like that. So BP, first of all, doesn't have $20 billion in cash. Uh, they have about uh, $6 billion in cash. I've looked at their balance sheet. Uh, so <clears throat> they said that they're going to make immediate significant reductions in capital spending, uh, they're going to uh, sell off some assets to generate about $10 billion of the $20 billion in the next 12 months. And uh, then they're going to figure out where they get the, uh, the rest from. So to put $20 billion into an escrow account, which an escrow account is essentially, it's a, it's a bank account, and there's a, a huge document, which could be hundreds or thousands of pages long, which determines how the escrow pops, and it can be on either side. It can go back to the originator of the funds. And to me, this is a brilliant move. BP's like, holy crap, we're in trouble. Let's get the money out. So it's the most logical thing to do is to get it out and put it into a bank account, safe. And we'll never see the terms of the escrow. We'll never see that. It's not a fund. It's not like a fund that someone administers the fund. No, it's an escrow account, and no one's talking about it. There's a fundamental difference between an escrow account and a fund. So I think it's a brilliant move to... uh, Well, uh, we have to get a hold of the document. That's the the simple... We'll we'll never see that document, ever. Why not? uh, Because that'll be the smoking gun. And then to add insult to injury, they put... Kenneth Feinberg in charge of doling out the money? Kenneth Feinberg, really? This is the guy who was in charge, uh, well, he's, he's been in charge of a number, uh, a number of uh, payouts to uh, slaves of Gitmo Nation. He was the special paymaster for the 9-11 Victims Compensation Fund, which was a beautiful setup. 98% of all the families, and by the way, we don't know how much each family received because that was all kept secret, Taxpayer money kept secret as to how much they received. You could only take your 9-11 compensation money if you signed an agreement that said you would never sue the government or the Israeli security company uh, that let the terrorists, uh, so-called terrorists, onto the planes. So this is going to be exactly the same thing. Hey, you want some money? All right, come over here, sign this document, shut up. You can never, ever sue the government over the fact that you are dying of, uh, what is it, H2K? What is that stuff? The uh, H2S? H2S. Well, no, well, that wouldn't be the case. Well, you can't sue the government ever, or BP, or anyone else for that matter, 
or Halliburton or any of these other companies that are involved with this just take the money and shut up. And they put this jabroni back in charge of it. And then when you, what he does. And then who else was at the table? Jamie Gorlick. Jamie Gorlick was, uh, is the, uh, the lead attorney for BP. Now, do a little bit of research on Jamie Gorlick. Jamie Gorlick happened to be a 9-11 commission member. The one who constructed the so-called wall of separation that kept the CIA and the FBI from comparing notes back uh, when uh, Jamie's was uh, with the Clinton administration. The whole cabal has been brought in for this thing. This is the biggest snow job in history. And, I, and, mm. I'll, and I'll give you my theory on this. And by the way, it's not like BP stock tanked all of a sudden. How are they, how they doing today? Is BP like down and completely dead? No. I don't even have to look. No way. Because everyone who's in the game is laughing about it. Oh, this is great. Our money's safe. It's in the escrow account. That's good. So if we have to go bankrupt, we'll just buy up all the assets, which is just paper from BP. That'll all, be, that'll all go to other companies these people are all invested in. And the money's safe. And the victims, yeah, that $100 million fund, which is an actual fund, that's what people will get paid out of. And by the way, we also learned that BP's total liability, as we've been saying on the show, was only $75 million. They didn't have to pay billions and billions. They weren't. Taxpayer money was being used for that. Part of the $2.7 billion fund that was set up as a part of the Environmental Protection Act under uh, Bush. So um, here's what's really going on. These guys, they drilled into something spectacular, something which is known as abiotic oil. Uh, and uh, that is, of course, only a theory that abiotic oil exists, and that's something I think you actually buy. Bye, darling. Break a leg. That's something that uh, um, you actually believe in as well, is that there is no such thing as peak oil, but abiotic oil that uh, deep in the bowels of the earth, oil is being uh, recreated. It's a regenerative process. And they drilled into this mother load, which uh, was a very dangerous thing for them to do. And I think I've mentioned this before. And Lindsey Williams actually is the guy going around saying all this. And he's been right before about when it comes to oil. Um, you got to Google him. Uh, Lindsey Williams? Yes, Lindsey Williams. He was a pastor in, uh, uh, in Alaska, and he apparently got pretty close to a lot of the oil cabal. And so he's, uh, he's called a lot of prices right, uh, a lot of different things. Uh, he's been extremely... This guy's like 78, 79 years old. Ah, someone's calling me for some reason. Um, so anyway, the Russians uh, hit this mother load in the... I was going to say it was the 70s. No, the 80s. And they drilled down to 40,000 feet, but they were on land, and so they were able to cap all this stuff and stop what they had drilled into because the pressure is so enormous. BP did this, and it, they hit the mother load, and, of course, they don't have the technology to actually stop it. The, uh, what, they, what, the, what they're trying to do is drill these relief wells because then they'll be able to siphon all this awesome stuff up. That's what the relief wells are about. It's not about re- relieving the spill. It's about them being able to actually get into this mother load and suck it all up. But they drilled into something that has uh, volcanic properties. This is the, the, the center of the earth. You know, they've, they've drilled into some amazing big bang thing. And it's way too powerful for any blowout preventer uh, device. There's no way they could stop any of this. And it is uh, blowing out 
Uh, I, I have a, a, a news clip for you. Hold on. Give me your assessment of this, John. You're, uh, you, you understand these chemicals much better than I do. Uh, this is uh, oil concerns aren't just limited to the waterways and marshes. There are also worries how the oil may be affecting air quality along coastal Louisiana. Maya Rodriguez has that part of the story. There are the oil effects you can see and the ones you can't, like when oil compounds break down and go airborne. We don't want to be alarmist, but we want to be realistic. For several weeks now, the Federal Environmental Protection Agency has been tracking what's in the air by using a mobile truck and seven monitoring stations located mainly in St. Bernard and Plaquemines parishes. They are looking for evidence of several compounds, including hydrogen sulfide and volatile organic compounds, or VOCs, like benzene which can cause cancer. These pollutants could pose a health risk to local communities, oh God, and this Jackson. monitoring is essential yeah, I know. to ensure that communities are protected. She, she, uh, she looks moronic, doesn't she? She's a... Uh, yeah, right. I, I, it, what? She doesn't sound very bright either. No, she's just reading. As BP takes direct response actions. All can irritate the eyes, nose, throat, and lungs, and in some cases lead to nausea and dizziness. So what have they found? Some elevated levels, but not on every day, and not for long periods of time. So this is the interesting, this is what caught my attention. Elevated levels, but they fluctuate wildly. The levels have not been that high. Um, Is it something that we want out there? Absolutely not. This is a public health official, of course. Um, But it's pretty far offshore. Take hydrogen sulfide, commonly known as swamp gas. A normal level ranges from 5 to 10 parts per billion. At the Venice station on May 2nd, the levels recorded were 30 parts per billion. The next day, the reading was nearly 40 times that at nearly 1,200 parts per billion. And the day after that, it dropped down to 46 before rising the next day to more than 1,000. It varies depending on the wind direction, depending on whether or not they're burning the slick. I think what they're saying is that it's an okay exposure for a short amount of time, and we have a concern about that sort of exposure for any amount of time. Okay, so um, if you want to see the rest of that report, you can. But then on democracy... Now- first of all, by the way, swamp guest, as far as I know, is, is methane. Well, I, I'm, yeah, I'm not saying they, they have all of their uh, ducks in a row. Um... But uh, I, I think the data that I have here from the Louisiana Environmental Action Network, who analyzed the EPA data, um, is specifically talking about H2S and uh, the levels found in, uh, in the air, which the fluctuation is what I find interesting. Now, Democracy Now!, and this is a, a long clip, so I'll just play a little bit, um, Really, and these guys, you know, talk about boring. It's, democracy now is almost impossible to sit through. But they do have some, uh, in this case, they got a, a really interesting guy on who's really telling the truth about uh, what's happening to people who are trying, who are down there, some who have been, uh, tried to assist with the cleanup, and they're falling down. They're, they're going into hospital. Oh, that's why, they have, that's and why the VP people are rousting any news reporters that go down Exactly. There. Well, it gets even worse. Um, I think I can find this piece. I, sorry, I didn't have time to pull the clips. Um, the guy says that they had people with gas masks and BP wouldn't let them on the beach if they were wearing gas masks because they didn't want, you know, they don't want, they don't want any news footage of people wearing gas masks because they're dying down there. That would make sense. And then these people go straight into the hospital. 
So let me just let me just get this guy on for a second because he's actually pretty damn good. And a shrimp association. He's a third generation shrimp fisherman. This is Democracy Now. We welcome you to uh. the studios of Democracy Now. Though we're speaking to you in New Orleans, tell us what's happening, Clint. Well, good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, this is a situation that has been ongoing for several weeks now. Uh, having had prior training and experience working with uh, uh, oil and the, the chemicals uh, in oil and their dangers. No, nice freeze. Uh, in oil and their dangers. Uh, what is that? It just several oh, of the fishermen go. out on the uh, work site. They were complaining of burning eyes and 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 strong smells. And my experience tell, told me that they were getting exposed to dangerous chemicals. Uh, the benzenes, all the light ends off the crude, and this uh, corrects it. Is a new experience for me. I have been doing some research. Uh, it contains a substance called two butoxy ethanol. So he goes into the whole Corexit thing. But if you watch the whole interview, um, and I, I wish I'd pulled that clip, um, the, the the seminal part is where he says, hey, you know, I, I brought gas masks down for my uh, for my people who I've been uh, working and living with for years, and BP would not allow him to wear the gas masks. And then now there's like 11, 11 or 15 people in the hospital. Hmm. And um, there was also an email. Now, this is uh, dodgy because, of course, this showed up on uh, AboveTopSecret.com, but worth uh, mentioning. Uh, This is from someone on uh, one of the rigs that is uh, either still drilling or has been halted and they're still on on the rig. Everyone here is talking about, but no one dares to say anything about it, even to their families. Uh, there's something happening about 100 miles southeast of the rig with several Navy and Coast Guard ships. Friday, two serious-looking dudes <laughs> arrived and started directing our SUP. I don't know what SUP is. What is a SUP? Hmm. Apparently, they showed Navy intelligence ID when they arrived along with a dozen commandos. Rumors they're now going to call martial law. All of us will be prevented from leaving the ships to see our families. Uh, things are going from bad to crazy. Nearly everyone here is of the belief that the blowout was planned as a way to destroy a well that had too many problems to be ultimately profitable and to get two new wells drilled that will be wildly profitable and the only way to do um, to do that was to destroy this one. We calculated that even with paying cleanup costs, the profit on two wells in this reserve will far outweigh the cost in less than a year. Yeah. Yeah, you're not buying it? I'm not buying it because it seems it's like they blow, they do what, 10 to 11, 22 people, 11 people are killed. Um, the, the, they lose the rig, the whole thing blows up, and now they got nothing but bad publicity and the stuff, and it's, and there's real oil coming out. I mean, what's wrong with that? Uh, it just doesn't make sense to me. Well, I see, I, th- I, th- I think that this was really an accident. I think that they did hit, uh, that I'm, I'm pretty convinced. I'm sticking with the Schlumberger thing. I think there was a poorly constructed well, wellhead, and they told them to shut it down. They wouldn't do it. And the thing blew up, and now they're stuck with it. I'm absolutely convinced that's all there is to it. And you think that this is just a normal, regular old well, and it couldn't be some incredible no, no, high-pressure blower? It was obviously, this, the Schlumberger guys, I wish they would testify, saw something about the uh, thing was just an unstable situation. I don't, I don't know if they, they expected it to be one of these deep, uh, these one of these uh, abiotic uh, uh, he, uh, 
structures. I'm not sure. I, all I know is I think they just it was a poorly constructed well, and they were and they were slipshod, and it, the thing fell apart, and now they're stuck with the with the consequences. I don't think is a, a a scheme afoot. No, I well, I don't think there was a scheme set up beforehand, but I think they hit something really big. I think it is out of control. Um, I I'm really going to buy into this toxicity of whatever's coming out is not just oil, but it's all kinds of volcanic crap coming from the middle of the earth, and it's going to kill everyone and everything down there. Um, and uh, the president, in his speech, for all intents and purposes, already killed the whole region because he said, look, we're just going to stop all drilling until we figured this out. Well, that could be years. So it's done. It's over. And it's not just shrimping people do down there. Would you say that the shrimp industry is larger than the petroleum industry on the Louisiana coast? I don't know what the numbers are. It's my belief that uh, that whole region is pretty much petroleum. And in the seasons, they go out and they do some shrimping. So there's reports now. It's apparently some of these cracks. This is the, It was the cement job, it seems to be part of it. Here's a Bloomberg story just ran on the 17th. Uh... Apparently, the BP was struggling to seal. I love this BP PLC. Yeah. Was struggling to seal, which means it's just, a, like you said, a holding company. Struggling to seal cracks in its uh, Macondo well as far back as February, more than two months before the uh, explosion. Took 10 days to plug the first cracks, according to reports. Uh, cracks in the surrounding rock continued to complicate the drilling operation during the ensuing weeks. Yeah. Left unsealed, they can allow explosive natural gas to rush up the shaft. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm not. All of this to me is just bull. All I know is we're being indoctrinated with spill cam video on every single channel, showing this gushing thing flowing out. The intent is for to, they're turning this into a 9/11. They've brought in the 9/11 people. See, they, they just pulled out the playbook. What do we do again? Oh yeah, call uh, call Kenneth. Yeah, bring him in. We know how to do. We know how to do this. Only this time, it it wasn't an actual setup like nine eleven. It was an actual accident. But how do we not let this crisis go to waste? Well, let's uh, kill the region. Let's make sure we drill these uh, two holes so we can still get all of that oil. It'll go into a new company that buys up the assets of BP. I can I can feel exactly what's happening already. It'll buy it all up. And they'll and they'll take over those two holes, and everything moves down to Brazil. That's where all the new oil is, and then of course they're going to go uh, closer to uh, Haiti and uh, Jamaica, which is the new uh, the new paradise. And uh, the the drilling in Louisiana, it's all over. It's done. And and please, while we're at it, let's pass cap and trade. This is a perfect opportunity. The vote, I think, one of the first votes is coming up uh, before July fourth. So that's being ramrodded through. The president, in his speech, you know, immediately takes advantage of the situation. But oh, we need to, and I love it when when everyone's talking about reducing your dependence upon foreign oil. This is not foreign oil. This is U.S. oil sitting right there on the the U.S. shelf. Oh, we got to reduce our dependence upon foreign oil. We got to drive electric cars. It's stupid. This is this is what they're going to use to try and kickstart the green economy, and. Um, and the, the whole the whole fix is in, and then all of this bullshit, all this theater about Halliburton or Schlumberger, and who's to blame, and let's put the people on the stand. Why do, why don't I see the people from the uh, the minerals uh, department of what is it, mineral 
MMS? Minerals and Management Services. Yeah. How, how come those guys aren't in the stand who were like doing doing coke and screwing hookers with the oil companies? Because well, that's, actually, what, that's what everyone says. Where are they? How come they're not in the stockade? They're probably screwing hookers. Yeah, but that's, I mean, it's ridiculous. This, they, there's oversight. They had permission and licenses to do this from the government. Uh, no, let, let's let's put all these other people, all these actors. Let's put, let's put them yeah, know, on the stage. Somehow they they're trying to blame Bush for everything. Well, um, of course, and it was it was uh, Lazar, was it uh, Lazar? Is that his name? Salazar, Salazar, who was Bush's guy of, of the interior, and Obama just kept him on, just like Robert Gates uh, of uh, uh, Security Secretary, the Defense Secretary, he kept all of the important guys on because that was his job is just take the baton and, and walk with it. And Salazar was, oh, I'm going to clean it all up. Oh, I'm going to. How do, let's get that guy on. Put that guy in the uh, in front of television. What were you yeah, doing? I haven't seen any of these guys. I did see Marky though, the guy who's behind Cap and Trade, grilling the um, oil company executives, and he came up with this very interesting thing. I have a clip of it. Uh, a revelation that all their emergency plans, which they had submitted, I guess, to MMS. Uh, were not only identical but totally bogus and kind of cut and pasted and thrown into the and nobody gave a shit. And the irony is, of course, Markey brings it up now. He's the big energy nutball in the in the Congress that's pushing all this stuff. How come he? How come they, nobody noticed this before, including him? Why is he bringing it up after the fact? You can play this, Markey. Clip. These five companies have response plans that are virtually identical. The plans cite identical response capabilities and tout identical ineffective equipment. The covers of the five response plans are different colors, but the content is 90% identical. Like BP, three other companies include references to protecting walruses, which have not called the Gulf of Mexico home for three million years. Two other plants are such dead ringers for BPs that they list a phone number for the same long dead expert. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, John, that this is, I, I love that there were, now all of a sudden we're coming out with, oh, this well had these problems before, this happened in February. Well, how come the government is to blame? Of course, these companies don't give a crap about anybody and about environment or people. We know, we all know that because they're all in the same game. They're all part of the same cabal. Then now they're just, oh, let's just push this actor out in front. Hey, hey, Tony, Tony Hayward, he looks pretty good. He has a nice British accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put him in there. And the, and the president just walks right over the fact that, oh, you know, it was uh, the minerals management, uh, 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 you know, that won't happen again. He promised when he went in, he promised that he was going to clean all of that up, and Salazar was the guy who was going to do it. He was going to take care of it all, Secretary of the Interior. These are the people that need to be blamed first, first. And it, 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 what, they didn't read the well, plans? Let me, they didn't. let me get this straight. You've got a Democratic president, a Democratic Senate, and a Democratic House of Representatives. And so the first thing you think they're going to do is go after themselves. Yeah. yeah it's, more, it's more about pointing out that uh, it doesn't matter. Democrat, Republican, it doesn't fucking matter. It's these oil, the, the people behind the oil companies, they run the whole show. They run the world. They don't care. They really, they really don't care. And Obama is in their pocket 
Yeah, all you know, his stock is uh, vested in. Uh, uh, oh, hold on a second, let me find it for you. There's a uh, there's a fund that the president put all of his uh, assets into when he became president, which I think is it's normal, right? If you if you um, yeah, it's usually a blind trust, right? Well, the blind trust is. Hold on, I got to look at insiders here, uh, major holders. There's two. It's uh, Vanguard. Uh, Vanguard Wellington. This is what uh, President Obama has uh, uh, has his money vested with. And uh, these guys own about 1% of all of BP, Vanguard, if you put all of their funds together. They're all, they're all, they're all in it. It's like, it's like it's infuriating yet not surprising at the same time. Well, then, so, okay, so what do you, you think is going to happen? Because all you've done is just bring up the fact that the whole situation is corrupt. We're not being told anything. Oh, okay. Uh, and, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you. I mean, I'll, and, you know, maybe they've struck a gold mine of, of, uh, of never-ending supply of oil or, or perhaps ruining the process. You know, no, you haven't considered this possibility. Let's assume that abiotic oil is actually something real. Uh-huh. Is it possible that by drilling a hole into the main mother load that's supposed to be replenishing the pools that you're going to kill the process? No, I, I no, I think um, I think you know. No, you don't. Well, I, I obviously I don't. It's very theoretical about abiotic oil, but I, I I do have a feeling that it's certainly possible. So it may not be replenishing the other uh, wells, but if it's a process, then the mother load keeps going. They drill two of these uh, relief wells. They put uh, whoever BP is going to be, because BP will go out of business. It, you know, it's just going to shift over to another company. Um, and by the way, BP was already a roll up of the, what is it? Maybe ten different companies that rolled up into BP. It's just uh, like a big holding company. So another holding company will come in. They'll own those wells. That is the true mother load. They'll just keep that stuff pumping and pumping forever under the guise of. There's, you're not allowed to drill. So everyone else, get the hell out. All the smaller players, get out of the Gulf region. No more drilling for you. The new BP, we'll just call it that, the new BP will be sitting on the mother load. They'll be pumping. Everyone else goes off to uh, South America because it's dead. You can't, you can't drill anymore. It's all over. So everyone has to go. That whole region is going to die, uh, both economically and physically, because of the toxins. Because they, and because they don't give a crap, and the president's focusing you on the shrimpers. Well, it's not just the shrimpers. And now we're going to move into the natural gas phase. Because while all of this is taking place in Louisiana, we're uh, seeing huge shifts with Gazprom and Russia trying to supply all of Europe with natural gas. They are about to, uh, we're, we're going to see another accident or something, and, and I think it's going to be another one of these flotilla incidents. Um, in fact, uh, no coincidence that Tim, little Timmy Geithner came out yesterday with new sanctions against Iran, but not just against Iran, against all the gas companies in Iran, because those guys have been working on a new pipeline that they desperately need to stop because they, Iran was going to supply natural gas to Europe. So it's just shifts. It's just tectonic shifts in um, who is running the show? And these guys are all fighting each other at the top levels. You know, let me find the, uh, I'll give you the name of the pipeline. Remember I talked about Bluestream the other day? No, I don't remember that. Yeah, well, yeah, that was the original, the, pipe, the Bluestream one was set up by Enron. 
Oh, right, the Enron pipeline. Right. So, yeah, let me... Uh, oh, shit. Oh, crap. I didn't mean to do that. Uh, here it is. Now, I, I'm, I, I got a lot of people that I'm talking to about this, and I, I really don't think I'm far off on... Uh, here it is. I don't know. Well, it... <sighs> here it is. Um... The Nabucco, that's it, Nabucco. The, uh, you can Google that one, Nabucco gas line. And uh, guess who's involved with the Nabucco gas line? Turkey. It's supposed to go through Turkey and then from Turkey into Europe. Well, guess who's the big asshole these days? Turkey. So they're trying to stop that because it all has to come from Russia. So, yeah, so I, I, I think we can see this unfold, and you'll see that, yes, this leak will not stop. That's why we have the continuous looped video of, uh, of the oil well, so you can constantly be reminded it's going on, it's going on. We have to have these very important BP vessels there. And meanwhile, they're just going to be sucking it all up. I mean, they're just turning this into a complete benefit. Yeah, we'll just drill these little holes here that we can manage. We'll, we'll start sucking the oil there. We'll keep the continuous loop rolling. They'll be rolling in the dough because there's no way we're getting off oil anytime soon. Not in my lifetime. We're just going to keep it rolling. And, uh, and everyone else will be all consumed with the congressional hearings. That, that, I think that's what's going to happen. And it, it will not stop. It's the new 9-11 is what it is. The new 9-11 and they brought in all the same players. Well, it's a grim picture you're painting. Yeah, no wonder I'm pissed. And while we're on that, just to show you how these cover-ups work, because of course I'm sure in 10 years people will be talking about this as we were talking about 9-11 today. And, uh, they still be going in 10 years to keep the loop going. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, the loop, the, the, it'll be all scratchy and shit. <laughs> wow, I'd never seen that before. There was a Freedom of Information Act, just to show you how ludicrous this all is. Remember um, on 9-11... Uh, there was uh, a whole bunch of uh, people put down options on American Airlines and United Airlines, and they made a, a, a huge amount of money. Killing is the word. A killing, literally a killing. So, um, you know, this is very interesting to find out, you know, who put those options that on because, you know, the timing is rather uncanny. So now this now we are uh, almost uh, 10 year the 10th anniversary of 9/11. No one gives a crap. We don't even know that Jamie Gorlick was on the 9/11 commission and that she's being brought in uh by BP as a part of the uh the deal makers. They're all sitting around the table laughing. David Callahan, executive editor of Smart CEO, um I guess a financial uh analysis firm submitted a Freedom of Information Act request to the SEC regarding the pre-9/11 put options this is the uh the gamble that something's going to go down um you know it'd be kind of interesting to know who who had those put options the SEC responds with this letter is in response to your request seeking access to and copies of the documentary evidence referred to in footnote 130 of chapter 5 of the September 11 uh, commission report, because it was mentioned in the commission report. We have been advised that the potentially responsive records have been destroyed. There what? You go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's their response. We have been advised that the potentially responsive records have been destroyed. Sorry. Shut up, slave. Go away. And you know how they were destroyed, John? 
Do you know where they were? They were in the in WTC seven. WTC seven won't go away. Exactly. That's exactly well, those where those puts, records those were. Puts and calls had to be uh, executed, and the execution uh, uh, data has to be available somewhere well, because otherwise they wouldn't have gotten their money out. Right, but I'm just saying this is this is we'll be we'll be looking at evidence like this in ten years from now. We'll be looking back at this, and there will be this big black mark on the uh, on Google Earth, and that will be Louisiana. <laughs> Everyone will be dead. It'll be a complete no go zone. Uh, because of the volcanic properties of this crap that's spewing out, except for a, a bunch of guys on new BP rigs with gas masks, and they'll be pumping out the mother load of abiotic oil. There, that's my theory. That's that's what's well. The uh, meanwhile, the left wingers have got turned on Obama, which I think is probably. It feels like, I don't know. It feels like part of the setup. I don't know. And the but the thing is, it seems to be the thing that triggered it. And I have two pieces of info, uh, documentation for this. One is Janine Garofalo and Ron Reagan Jr. on Behar. Oh. It's a very good clip, actually. I've been waiting for her to show up again. Do you have yeah, the clip? Well, she's back. Do you have the clip? And she, by the way, does this very interesting classic left wing, what they all feel about Obama. And then, um, and of course, at the very end, she gives Behar a, uh, the needle for her uh, coverage of Miley Cyrus. <laughs> but this is, if you listen to the Behar hen house clip, you will get the gist of the way, not only that, besides the, not only that, but you get to hear exactly how Behar is in, in, in the Democrat camp to the point where this is a show for the Democrat Party. You know, these guys want to change some of the laws uh, uh, about, you know, equal, uh, um, the what's the name of that law that I keep talking that we talked about before? The fairness doctrine. The fairness doctrine. This is this show here would would be off the air instantly. Play it. Here, their talking points. That is so bush bush like. Yeah. It's shocking mm-hmm. that he's behaving this way. I don't know ways. who's giving him the worst advice in the world. I don't know. I don't know why this presidency uh, has been as disappointing as it has mm-hmm. been. It's. I really feel like he's being advised terribly. Now, there's ah. the critics that will always criticize him, and I don't think it's even valid to entertain the Tea Party kind of nonsense. And also that when they're saying they don't like government, and now they want government to intervene oh, in this. Hypocrisy so the hypocrisy thick. of some yeah. of his critics yeah. is not yeah. even really worth discussing. And also what scares me, too, is that, you know, he's getting attacked from the left and the right. He's he's really being attacked, I think, a lot. And, and who's going to take the place? Who are we going to get instead of him? So, some Sarah Palin uh, clone or she herself? It'll be even worse. Well, there's a difference between attacking that, that's and the dilemma. Isn't that that's a scary the dilemma thought? For liberals. Um, that's the dilemma for progressives and, and, and liberals is you get somebody worse if it's not Barack Obama. So what are we Even supposed Barack to do Obama about it? Barack Obama is doing what we want him to do. What's what do we do about it? Yeah. Keep, keep, the, uh, keep lighting a fire under him. Keep, you know, keep doing what we're doing, talking about it. And we need media reform. It's all, all we can do, really. I think media reform is important that people really do get full of fair information and more news about what's going on. And How more much more news do we need? Every station is news. Oh, yeah, but it's not good. It's not, uh, it's not well presented. There's not context news. and history and nuance and complexity. They have all this... He said, she said nonsense as if there is two sides to every story, which there isn't. It would be great if these news uh, sources told the truth once in a while. That would be interesting. Well, we try to do our best here. Yeah, you guys are good. You got that Miley Cyrus thing all wrapped up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you won't be back. That's a lot. (laughs) So, um, all right. I, I, I think I know what's happening here. This is, actually, this pleases me. 
This is the awakening of the American public. Wow, this this actually all of a sudden kind of just hit me. I like this, um, and it all it all kind of makes sense. Of course, as Americans, we uh, and I'm, and I'm a, a red blooded American. Uh, we are uh, we love to be with the winning team, and then uh, when the winning team is no longer winning, we're like, well, fuck you, I'm going to go with these other guys. That's what we always do. And so, despite cries outcry of uh, warning, and I would say from uh, this program as well, we said, you know, this guy may not be what or who you think he is. Now all, you know, Behar, uh, of course, uh, Garofalo says, oh, it's his advisors. Oh, Jesus, what an idiot. Uh, John Stewart, everyone who was way on board the Obama train and all the love and the lights and the flowers and the people and we are the world and kumbaya. Now Chris see- Matthews, too, is really attacking right, Yes. Now everyone's seeing that, oh, wait a minute, we fucked up by, by really supporting this guy because it's just more of the same. Say hello to the new boss, same as the old one. And now they're all turning on him because they, they, they want to protect their own ass because you cannot... With even with a clear conscience, support what's going on, and I think it's an awakening, John. I think people are saying, "Oh, Jesus Christ!" All that shit people were saying is true. So I see this as a really good thing, and I do like the fact, as as big a douche as she is, that Joy Behar is saying, "Well, what are we going to get?" Well, thank you very much. That's the whole point. It's a big club, and you're not in it, Joy. None of us are in it. They're all sitting there in their little club. So I think so- this is good. So yeah, I know I'm not going to argue the point, but the the one thing that kind of tr- that kind of ticks off these liberals more than anything, it seems to be Obama's reference to prayer, which which uh, Garofalo referred to as a as a as a cheap thing to do, and then Stewart took it to the next level, and I have this Stewart clip, uh, which kind of I think summarizes the uh, the the kind of a liberal attitude toward what Obama said. We will do whatever's necessary to help the Gulf Coast and its people recover from this tragedy. Oh, okay, all right. So this was really a speech uh, in the prime time of the nation in the Oval Office to give us an update. <laughs> a little reassuring, classic Obama. It's cool. Everything's under control. Tonight, we pray for that courage. We pray for the people of the Gulf. And we pray that a hand may guide us through the storm towards a brighter day. What the f*** was that? <laughs> We're all going to die? I thought you just did a whole thing. I got this. It's okay. I got a commission. Everything's going to be fine. May God have mercy on our souls. <laughs> I mean, if this is a commission-based administrative problem, what's with the freaky talk? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, there was something in the in the in his speech. He also said, "This uh, will not be the last crisis America faces." You don't say that shit. <laughs> it's like what? what? You got something planned? Something we don't know about? And speaking of <laughs> speaking of prayer, uh, now of course this uh, would not be legible to play a clip. Uh, Nile TV in Egypt uh, had Egyptian foreign minister. Abu Gait Gate, I think it is, uh, on uh, uh, translated something called the Roundtable Show, and you know what? He's what he said. Uh, he said he had a one-on-one meeting with Obama, which I guess was a couple months ago, in which President Obama told him, "quote He was still a Muslim, the son of a Muslim father, the stepson of a Muslim stepfather, and his half brothers in Kenya are Muslims, and he was sympathetic towards the Muslim agenda." 
And, uh, of course, Israel today is all over this. And they're freaking out about it. Uh, and you won't see much reporting of this in the lamestream media here in the United States. But I just thought that was an interesting point to bring up when he's praying to God. Yeah, yeah. Well, the uh, there's a couple new, <laughs> I don't want to bring it up, but there's a couple new birther things floating around. Oh, yeah. No, please do. I, I'm down with it. Well, I didn't make a clip of it, but there's a, you know, it's just, you could look, it's on YouTube, you know, there's a guy that's apparently worked at the, at the records office in Honolulu. Oh, yeah, no, I, that, I saw that a couple of weeks. It's been out for a while, I think. Yeah, and he says it's all the, you know, I'm not, yeah. yeah you, the problem you, is you can't use the newspaper. Unless you can dig up, unless somebody can have, find an old archive. They don't, they, 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 I know what the, exactly what the smoking gun is. Uh, and it's, you know, it's a possibility. But uh, unless you can find an old, somebody has a collection of the Hawaii Sun, the Hawaiian, there's a couple of newspapers there. Uh, that have crazy names. The Star, I think, is one of them, or Star Times Bulletin or something like that. Uh, they both, both the newspapers, of course, they're done by the same publisher, had the birth announcement. And if somebody could find that, and there's documentation showing it, and so that's pretty good evidence as far as I'm concerned. But if somebody can show that that was planted after the fact, right? like, you know, five years ago or three years ago or in right. 2005, um, by finding a copy of the paper that doesn't have it. Because, you know, the CIA has been known to do stuff like that. Oh, a reprint? What does it take? Yeah, nothing. Nothing at all. Oh, yeah, reprints are done all the time. <laughs> you go in there, you take the yeah. paper, you take all the copies from the from their own uh, Archives. morgue. It's called yeah. a morgue. Oh, really? And uh, you take the papers out, you replace them with the new one, which is aged and looks old. And then you leave, and that's that's the way it works. But uh, unless somebody can do find a, a copy of the paper that doesn't have it, uh, then I don't think there's an argument to be made. I think the rest of it's just is a bunch of. I don't even know why people are harping on it when unless they can come up with that. That's the smoking gun, and I don't see any evidence that it exists. Yeah, but it, it, but that is also just a distraction, John. Okay, so what? So we've got the smoking gun. I mean, really, all all these people all tied up. It's. We just, we really just don't understand or can't, the lie is so big that we don't see how big the game is. Well, here's another big game thing, which kind of came, I was watching, like I said, watching all the lefties this week and watching uh, your friend, uh, Thom Hartman. <laughs> That's your friend, my friend. And uh, I have a clip that has nothing to do with any of this, but it's just, it's like, it's just like, what? <laughs> okay. This is on uh, trading. Yeah. Well, a few years ago on this program, we were treated to the spectacle, the fascinating, uh, ongoing spectacle, actually, of Congressman Brian Baird, the Democrat from Washington State, who is has kind of packed it in. He's not running for re-election this year. Discovering, virtually by accident, a member of his staff told him about it, that over in Tom DeLay's office, this was back when Tom DeLay was still in the House of Representatives, basically running the House of Representatives, that the staff members in DeLay's office were day trading based on inside information they had about legislation that was coming up. So if they knew, for example, that a bill was going to be passed or even going to be introduced that was going to grant a billion-dollar contract to Lockheed Martin, they would, they'd buy a whole bunch of, uh, of calls for you know, options to buy Lockheed Martin. They would, they would bet on Lockheed Martin going up. If, and similarly, if Lockheed Martin was competing with Boeing, for example, for that contract, they would buy the puts, they'd buy bets against Boeing. 
So Brian Baird looked into this. Congressman Brian Baird looked into it, discovered it was actually happening in Tom DeLay's office, that his, his office staff was making millions of dollars doing this, and that there was nothing illegal about it. Now, when Martha Stewart tried to do this, she went to jail just for lying about it. If you or I tried to do this, we would go to jail, but there's nothing to prevent members of Congress from doing it. Brian Baird several times has tried to introduce legislation to stop this process, this practice rather, and it has not been stopped as of this date. Oh, totally. I mean, and uh, I'll give you another example of the big game. So you know that a lot of the big Silicon Valley uh, venture capital firms, of course, you know, there's all this money is running through them and, they're, and they, they, everyone's involved with each other. Billions. So, oh, if maybe... It must it must broach trillions, really. Uh, but let's just say billions. So um, I get this uh, email from one of our uh, producers, Zach. And, uh, and he sends me... I don't think he even realized how right on point he was. It was, it was talk, I remember we were talking about bracelets. We'll have a bracelet for everything. So when you're sitting on your ass, uh, an alarm bell will go off and uh, you'll, the, the federales will show up, tell you to get off your ass, slave. So he sends me uh, the Silicon Valley venture-backed firm called Fitbit. And uh, Fitbit is, uh, is a bracelet that you wear, and it, uh, Fitbit automatically tracks your fitness and sleep. Did I get enough exercise today? How many calories did I burn? Am I getting good rest? Learn more. Purchase $99. So this is uh, seemingly uh, you know innocuous little company, although it started by... Uh, some uh, serial entrepreneurs, and it's uh, the backers are True Ventures and Soft Tech. Soft Tech, I think, is pretty big, right? They've, uh, I think, they're reasonably large firm. That, yeah. So, uh, but it fits in perfectly with uh, with the Codex Alimentarius ruling that the president just handed down, because this is it's all about preventative measures. And you look at this Fitbit stuff; it's like you know, prevent illness. So these guys, so I'm trying to tie this together by saying that these guys know, and they all clearly already knew, just like when before green came out, all these guys had their green funds already ready. They're on the inside. They know that this is coming out. They know the legislation is coming down the pike. They either they knew it, they're, they're, they're lobbyist connections or whatever, but they know what's happening. And they start investing in companies that are going to make them billions of dollars because the government will uh, somehow th- there's going to be some kind of rule or regulation that you have to be healthy. And you might as well start selling shit that makes people healthy. Actually, that sounds pretty good. Uh, yeah. So, I'm, I'm why telling, do people have to? Why, what is it with people that have to? You know, I want to you know put a device on me so I know exactly how many hours sleep I'm getting and whether I'm you know walking enough and all these all these metrics. I mean, why don't you just live your life? What do you need all these metrics about everything you do? I, I find people like that to be extremely boring. Well, it's being shoved down our throats. And we're, the American people are really, really gullible when it comes to that stuff. And but it's not bad. I mean, it's not bad to, uh, to be educated about living healthy and eating healthy. And that, that's certainly good. But when it comes to... Yeah, but would you, you have to be forcing, obsessed. Yeah. Well, yeah. So this is part of the Dietary Guidelines Advisory Committee. Remember I read you that... Uh, that executive order the president came out with, which is, uh, uh, that, which is all about that sitting down, that, that is essentially our version of the, uh, of the codex. I can't fully grasp why this stuff even exists. So this was the uh, executive order establishing the National Prevention 
Health Promotion and Public Health Council, Starfleet Command of Your Body. Section 6G contains specific plans to ensure that all prevention programs outside the Department of Health and Human Services are based on the science-based guidelines developed by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention under subsection D of this section, which is all a part of section 4100 of the Health Care Act, where, this, uh, where it specifically states that this council needs to be called to order. And who's in the council? Surgeon General, Secretary of Ag- Agriculture, Secretary of Labor, Secretary of Health and Human Services, Secretary of Transportation, Secretary of Education, Secretary of Homeland Security, Administrator of Environmental Protection Agency, Chair of the Federal Trade Commission, Director of National Drug Control Policy, and of course the Assistant Secretary of the Interior for Indian Affairs. Let's make no mistake. Well, just in case they want to open a casino. But uh, but yeah, no, this is the dietary guidelines and a part of that, and this is now being propagated everywhere because the council has only just been announced and already they have the dietary guidelines uh, composed of 13 nutrition experts, and uh, you are not allowed to have any more than a teaspoon of salt a day, John. That is your limit. Really? What yep. if I live in the Arizona desert? No, forget about it. Among the recommendations, Americans should consume no more than 1,500 milligrams of, uh, of salt per day. Current guidelines... Doesn't this depend on the heat factor outside the, no, outside the house? No, no. Would you please shut up? The Wouldn't science is in! Hampshire than it would be in Arizona? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just trying to make you a good slave. The science is in. Also, children should be discouraged from drinking sugar-sweetened beverages because aspartame is good for you. It's laughable, and now it makes so much sense why Michelle Obama is uh, is is the in charge of the obesity uh, task force. Yeah, well, she's got other problems if she's going to do that. I'll tell you. So this is uh, this no is no wonder she looks so grumpy. This is the government telling you what to do. So we have to mention a few people that gave us some money. Holy crap! Yeah, do we ever? And I want to mention right now. Uh, Starting with Ryan Lackey in London, Ontario, who gave, who gave us eighty-seven bucks, and he says he donated eighty-seven bucks for two reasons: that June seventeenth is my twenty-ninth birthday, and by multiplying my age by the lucky number three, I'm hoping to accrue some good karma for the upcoming year to make my best ever. To make it my best ever. Secondly, my last name is Lackey, and I need as much help as possible to break my association with slavery and servitude. <laughs> help me, Obi-Wan Dvorak. You're my only hope. <laughs> Oops. Sorry. That was a little premature. All right, Ryan Lackey, happy birthday. Uh, it being your uh, 29th birthday today, thank you for supporting the No Agenda show. And here's to hoping you shall no longer be associated with a slave who needs to shut up. It's your birthday, yeah. We have another birthday boy, too. Oh. Well, let me go uh, straight into it, then. It's your birthday, birthday. It's uh, Alan Asaf is, well, is, is giving a happy birthday shout-out to Brian Hill, uh, whose birthday was two days ago on the uh, 15th. So happy birthday to you, Brian. And he also, uh, what does he say here? 
He says uh, that uh, Brian needs to be deduced as he's most likely a jabroni for not contributing. You've been deduced. He's never contributed. Why are we de- deducing him? Well, it's a, it's he's a, a cis admin, so he, the reason, <laughs> it makes no sense either. <laughs> no, he's no. a cis admin, so hence the donation amount. Fifty-five, no, yeah, it's ten, d- two double nickels. nickels. Yeah, he's a minute nickels man. on the dime. I'm not seeing the connection. No, no, cis admins are the uh, are natural uh, minute men. They need to come oh, to our right, aid. You right, see, right, when, okay, uh, I got it, I got when the it. shit hits the fan, exactly. John Martinez, Gilroy, California, fifty-five, fifty-five. Freehollowbooks.com. Uh, Freehollowbooks.com. Hat City, West Virginia. In a holler. And uh, I'm going to order me one of their new uh, hollow books. Now, uh, freehollowbooks.com sent us, uh, I got a nice Atlas Shrugged free hollow book. I got a cookbook. Yeah. And, uh, but now he makes beautiful free hollow books for your iPad, which are really awesome. So, <laughs> yeah, we, we should mention what a free hollow book is. Yeah, it's a, uh, well, it's, it's a hollowed out book. But it's not free. Because <laughs> you got to buy them. Yeah. Hey. Well, yeah. Well, what is the name? Free Hollow Books. Got <laughs> I don't know anything. But it's uh, it's actually it's cool. I mean, as a kid, I don't know if you ever did that, but you take a razor blade and you cut through uh, pages and pages of a book, and then you put like uh, your condoms in there or something, something important, or your trinkets. And uh, so essentially, he does this for you, but he does it with a treatment of the pages so that they're actually you know like stiff and they kind of no. Become, it's actually a very outstanding product. It is. It's uh, it's a great. It looks product. just like a book. Uh, and I, I'm definitely going to pick me up one of those iPad, uh, uh, hollow books. Cause it's, cause you know, it's a, it's a, because you need a case for the iPad anyway. It's fun. It's a conversation starter. Picks up he chicks. said he's had a great response from our listeners, by the way, but he wants to call out Schrader and Shore as douchebags. Oops. Uh, let me, let me do Oops. that again. Oops, what happened there? Douchebag! Well, that was, that was bad. <laughs> that was not a good douche. <laughs> that was bad douches, I'm sorry. <laughs> Jeez. Then we have, uh, uh, well, we had Alan Asaf, who gave it the two nickels on the dime. He's from Bristol, Virginia. We got a lot of Virginia area folks. Veronica Roberts, Boise, Idaho, 5510, wants to call out Brian Brushwood for, for criticizing the show and thought you were great on Stern. Uh, 55, two nickels on the dime. Uh, C.G. Mayor, Mount Gambier, uh, South Australia, 5003 with no particular uh, explanation. And um, what else? That's about it. Very light. So clearly we need, uh, we really need more support. We need a promotion. Yeah, I guess we do. I would like to get more subscribers. You know, and the thing is, I want to point out to people that, by the way, you know, we're giving you one, two, three, four hours a week times four weeks, 16, probably 16, 18 hours a week of material for your entertainment pleasure. And it is a show for people that drive long distances in their cars and or who might want to listen to this at work, which we recommend. Uh, but we like to get the subscriber base up. But the problem, one of the problems we keep having is that, and I keep soliciting people, a couple of guys have just said, you guys suck and we, I don't want to subscribe anymore. But most of them say, oh, I didn't know that my subscription had been pulled by PayPal. I changed my credit card. And uh, this, happens, this happens daily. And it's very, very annoying. And I want people just to check in once in a while with their PayPal account, see if this is actually being, or, or look at your bill, you know, and see what's happening. Uh, yeah. Well, 
The only org slash na. The only way we're going to. Uh, oh. The, Did you get the note about the, the about the associate, the, the cook guy that's on Mevio that gave us a big... I make bug? these recipes so that you don't have to. How many times have you gotten a recipe and made the recipe and the food was crap? I'm weeding all those out. You have no idea how many recipes I go through to bring you the best. So if there you get any value out of this show at all, I ask you to go to, to uh, and donate to the No Agenda Show. You can listen to that show at noagendashow.com and you can donate. Go and donate. Donate five dollars in the name of Cooking with Blasman to noagendashow.com, or you can go to no um, Dvorak, slash na and donate five dollars in the name of Cooking with Blasman. They watch the news so that you don't have to. I cook the meals so that you don't have to. It's value for value. Donate five dollars over there if you get anything out of this show at all. Thanks. Yeah, that's the Blasman. Uh, highly appreciate him. Uh taking time out of his cooking show on uh, on Mevio to uh, promote us. Now, you, you want him to be a PR associate, and uh, which is fine. Yeah, I think he did. You know, that's more than most people do. Yeah, I mean, I mean you know, it's not like he didn't mention your name, of course. Yeah, so I hope you're not too perturbed at him. You know, so I, he I, didn't mention yours either. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, you know, when, uh, when you were on Leo's show and you did an in the morning, you know, you became PR associate. What do I get? Crap. I get crap for not mentioning you. Anyway, let's not... it, are you going to just obsess on these things? Yeah, probably. So, uh, yeah, I do agree. Though we need uh, we need more monthly subscribers. Uh, as and now this was kind of predicted during the uh, during the summer months. Everything goes down on the internet. Everything About thirty percent. I don't think thirty percent is is typical. Uh, I would say it's probably half that normally. Um, but it's, we're, we're definitely seeing the hurt. Well, we're down 30% easy. Yeah, we're feeling the hurt for sure. But he said we the right thing. Got, he, 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 he said in the whole week, we essentially got what we usually get in a day. Yeah. There you go. So, uh, that's not good. No. Well, maybe people don't care. Well, that's always possible. Yeah, maybe they just don't care. Maybe they think... Oh, maybe, just, maybe they don't care about the oil, or maybe maybe we're, we're talking about the wrong topics. Yeah, maybe we should be doing more Miley Cyrus. I don't know. It seems to be working for Joy Behar. Well, you know, I don't know what her numbers look like. I doubt if she has any audience at all, so probably isn't working for her. No, I think she's got audience. I, 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 well, yeah, she's got. She's probably she's got a couple against, million. You know, good shows. I mean, she's not going to get much of an audience. No, she's got a couple million. No, she me? doesn't. If she has 40,000, it would be a miracle. Well, let's see. Ratings, Joy Behar. Um, you're right. 400, so half a million. She has that many? Yeah, 417,000. Uh, as, Joy as, Behar as show. Of, that was, no, wait a minute. That was December 2009. Let me just see. Double digit, yeah, good for her. Double digit growth. Hold on. Do you be amazed, John? You know, so to answer your CNN question, it fails to stop fallen ratings. Well, <laughs> everyone's having a fall in ratings. I mean, come on. Um, now, see if it, here's uh, she premiered at uh, half a million. Yeah, well, everyone's curious. What 
is it here? Ratings going up. 17%. Okay, I, I don't have any absolute numbers. Yeah, but I, I, I'll bet you it's somewhere around a million. No. Well, if it's a half a million, then... Well, if it's a half a million, that's more than we got. Stunned. No, it's, I, I think it's got to be about half a million. People love that. They love shows like that. But people don't give a crap about what we do. Only, only the few people who are awake... Like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's possible that, that, that we could be lied to. No, I, I mean, if you really want the answer, no. You know who Joy Behar is taking numbers away from? No. According to the New York Times? No. Larry King <laughs> yeah. on CNN. Yeah, that's another fine show. Well, it, see, that just, that doesn't, yeah, well. Yeah, but, Larry, but Larry's about to spike his ratings because he's got the big all-star tribute to uh, the Gulf Coast coming up. We, we, it was about time for one of those. Well, that's depressing. So the Federal uh, Aviation Administration uh, is now really getting frustrated because uh, it is time to start issuing flying rights for drones for civilian and law enforcement functions. I'm not quite sure how that works, civilian and law enforcement functions. Um, as uh, the federales are saying, we need to have this. We need to have drones flying around America. And, of course, yeah, as... they're uh, unarmed at first, and then pretty soon they'll load them up with oh, guns. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. And Home, missiles. Homeland Security Secretary Janet Napolitano has told lawmakers safety concerns are behind the delays. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so a Senate confirmation vote... Oh, wait, that's something else here. Uh, so that they want to use the planes uh, at the border initially... And, right, uh, and they're going to start with the Canadian border. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah, I believe you. I believe you. But it's uh, it'll happen. They'll get them. They'll get, and, the, and these drones come in all sizes, by the oh, way. Oh, they'll be over Oakland in, within two years. They have drones that can fly into your window. Did you know that? Yeah, the and, little ones. Yeah, and but and they could, but like a slit in the window, they can like flip sideways and. Well, and go, I guess. Yeah. Oh, I have video of that. It's amazing. It's amazing. I tell you. Yeah, but that I don't know. No, okay, I'm just saying. From a long they, distance, they and, you know, remote control. I don't see how they can. It's possible. Just a just the latency issues. The thing would crash through the window. Dude, we got moon bases. What are you talking window. about? Keep your windows closed, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yes. Keep them closed. If not for the foxes, then for the drones. So, so something. Is, I'd like to get one in the house. I'd, I'd I'd smash it with a baseball bat, and then I'd uh, <laughs> see what I was made out of. Take the camera. If it didn't zap you first. <laughs> Oh. Imagine a drone flying in somebody's house and flying around. You know, there'd probably be like those uh, in STOL type, so it could like you know hover inside yeah. the house looking around for stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now that's about as creepy as anything we can come up with. So anyway, they're looking to pass that legislation. We really need to get that done. We need to have these drones. I mean, we need to have security for uh, for all of the uh, terrorists running around. Terrorists, I tell you. Um, the most emailed story this week. Without a doubt, the uh, trillions of dollars of minerals and lithium all of a sudden discovered in Afghanistan, which uh, is just a big laugh. Wow. The New York Times, man. Is, is that the Ministry of Truth or what? So, of course, this is like we've known about these minerals in Afghanistan. We even talk about it on this show about 
gold and gems and the lithium we didn't talk about. No, but, the lithium uh, is just, I don't know what they brought that up just because it, it gets more attention. Well, no, 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 no. I think the wording is very important. Actually, I got a little deconstruction of it here. Uh, it was not just lithium. They called it the Saudi Arabia of lithium. Yeah, the Saudi Arabia that, of lithium. That's beautiful. So here's uh, from the article. So first of all, uh, this article saying, well, there was no idea. No idea. Far beyond any previously known reserves enough to fundamentally alter the Afghan economy. Now, this could be used one of two ways, of course. Either it can be used to stay in Afghanistan, but I believe, John, as we were discussing on uh, Sunday, that this could be used to get out of Afghanistan. Oh, these guys got plenty of money. Well, by the way, I've got two clips that indicate that uh, one part of the government wants to stay and one part of the government wants to leave. Because we it's obvious that the executive branch and the Congress once is decided to leave, but... For some reason, there is a. I came up with a with a uh, comment from your friend Gates. Um, Could you please stop referring to assholes as my friend? Please do not call Thom Hartman or Robert Gates my friend. Robert Gates. Um, he's not your friend. What do you have against the poor man? <laughs> but you you should listen to these clips before we go on about this thing, just to get a little perspective. There's two of them. Um, I have Gates on Afghanistan too, which I guess is the second I need, one. I need the uh, Leahy asks question, and it's obvious that Leahy again. Who is Leahy? Is Leahy. Yeah, who the, is Leahy? Leahy's the senator from uh, Vermont. Okay. He's Patrick Leahy. He's the douchebag from Vermont. Um, he uh, has a uh, he has the agenda, which is to get out, and he's asking Gates about it. Uh, about why you know why don't we just get out? Essentially, it's not what he says, but that's what he's implying. And I think we, we had other clips before that kind of indicate that they're trying to speed up the process. And if you listen to Gates explain the situation, it sounds like something accelerated is going on. Leahy first. Yeah, Leahy. I mean, how do you how do you see it? What is our what is our end game? Well, first of all, um, I think the one of the results of the very detailed uh, analytical effort and um, policy consideration effort of the administration last fall was in fact to clarify uh, our goals and and our goal is to ensure that Afghanistan is not a place from which attacks can be launched on the United States again and and in a nutshell the strategy is to uh, reverse the momentum of the Taliban to deny them control of uh, populated areas uh, to degrade their capabilities to the point where the Afghan security forces uh, can take care of them. And, and uh, the Afghans are ahead of uh, pace in terms of building both the police and, uh, and the army. They, uh, we still are dealing with uh, quality issues, but, but we are making headway. We are making progress on trainers. Uh, the percentage of trainers to trainees uh, has gone from about 1 to 80 to about 1 to 30. Um, 
And a lot of Afghans, you know, I read a lot in the press about corruption and so on and so forth, but the reality is there are ministers in Kabul doing their jobs, and there are Afghan soldiers and police out there who are dying in even greater numbers than we are fighting for their country. I've met a number of those ministers, and I I have a great deal of confidence in them, but do you have confidence in the top leadership of the country? Yes, I do. I I think that uh, everything that I hear from my own, well, first of all, from my own conversations, uh, with President Karzai. Uh, I think that he is uh, embracing his responsibility uh, for, this, uh, uh, for this conflict in his country. His visit to Kandahar just a few days ago that the Admiral referred to was very important in terms of helping set the stage for uh, the continuation of the campaign there. So I think that we have some clear, uh, we have clear goals. I think, frankly, that the narrative over the last week or so possibly because of the higher casualties uh, and and other factors has been uh, too negative. I think that we are uh, regaining the initiative. I think that we are uh, making headway. But the thing that I would say, uh, two two other points I'd make, Senator. One is uh, people need to remember we have only been at this new strategy for about four and a half months. We don't even have all the surge troops in Afghanistan. Could I ask you on this before my time runs out, is the Leahy law being implemented in both Afghanistan and Pakistan? We are working to ensure that the Leahy law is being implemented uh, in both places. And we could discuss it further with you in a closed setting. What, What is the Leahy law? The Leahy law, you know, I don't know why he even brought it up. And in fact, I, I thought I clipped that off the end because it's a distraction. The Leahy law is a, a law that, that, that ensures human rights, no human rights violations take place in, the, in Afghanistan and in uh, Pakistan. So we don't go in and gun people down for no good reason and don't care. I don't know what, what the point of him bringing it up was. <laughs> okay. And then we have Gates. Now, what is he saying? Well, now, the, what you heard there was, uh, you know, obviously we're trying to get out. These guys are going as fast as they can. They've kind of reset. I love the fact that we've only been there longer than any other war I've ever been. But it's only been for four months, really. Yeah, we've, yeah, we've reset everything. It's a new strategy. Yeah, new strategy. So we've only been doing this for four months. So, so okay, we, got, we've been in, we haven't been in there for what? Ten years? A decade. Yeah. We've been in there four months, essentially. And, you know, also, if you listen to the beginning of Gates' uh, little diatribe, the guy is a bureaucrat. Uh, and by is he CIA? Because he looks so much like a CIA <laughs> you think, guy. You think? <laughs> they all have that same pallor. You know, all the, the guys that you know that were probably there in Langley. They have a, there's a pallor and a hair colors, which is you know kind of looks like it's even. I don't know how you get your hair that white, but it looks. He just looks CIA. So so here we go with Gates. Uh, just just so you're not absolutely so we're, so we're not going to leave tomorrow. Hold we on, make pro, pro, clear. Gates served for 26 years in the Central Intelligence Agency and National Security Council under George H. W. Bush as Director of Central Intelligence. Does so, that answer your question? I guess he must still be working for him. <laughs> so uh, so so just to make it clear that maybe the agency. 
uh, has not, has some ulterior motives. Isn't keen on leaving right away because, well, you know, we have maybe <laughs> it's we their funding. This is all the ducks in a row. This is where this is where they get their money from. It's like, we, dude, yeah, hey, this is their. We this can't is their leave fun. these poppies. That's how we finance uh, taking out uh, governments around the world. Are you nuts? Shut up, Leahy slave. Shut up. So, and so I would just makes so, this comment in here that uh, I found very interesting because it was like, what? Are you kidding me? And I would just add one more point to the earlier point you made. There is no doubt that these wars have cost the United States, the American taxpayers, a lot of money. As the chairman said at the outset, close to a trillion dollars. That said, in terms of our international... Ooh, that said, we've been talking about this on email, about that yeah. transition. That said, in other, in other words, fuck it, let me talk about something else right now. That said... In terms of our international competitiveness, in terms of our overall economy, it is worth keeping the perspective that at about four to four and a half percent of GDP, uh, we are spending less on defense than in, during any other. Hey, that's weird. Hold on. Hey. Did it crap out? Yeah, it's really weird. Let me try that again. Or did you crap out? No, 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 no. That was weird. I can barely hear you. Hello? Hello? Yeah. Yeah, you're back. No, but uh, all of a sudden, that clip just stopped at the last seven seconds. Hold on, let me oh, yeah. it just stopped? No, I didn't. Let's try it again. Of GDP, uh, we are spending less on defense than in, during any other wartime in our history. Uh, and, and it is a level that certainly is sustainable. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. We're spending less, and it's certainly sustainable. Yeah, that means we could stay there for 50 years. <laughs> oh, that's mint. That's just beautiful. There's a jaw dropper. Okay. But one thing, if you remember, there's, there's still clips out there of the guy who, when they first went into Iraq, so, uh, the whole thing was like, well, it's going to cost us a couple billion. We'll be out in six months. And now we've been in these countries forever. And uh, and now it's, it's running it so so far it's run a trillion a trillion in the hole a trillion dollars that could be that could be used to cut, to fill the potholes on Highway 80 that's down the hill from where I live so when I drive into the city I am dodging potholes <laughs> on a on an in, on a ne, an interstate yeah, yeah, freeway yeah 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 there's a lot we could do I with the money I go across the the, go, the the San Francisco Bay Bridge there's potholes so so let's everywhere let's get back into what this was about about this Ministry of Truth article in the New York Times where now, all of a sudden, there's these vast mineral riches in Afghanistan, which we just kind of discovered, which is total lie. And then we have, uh, there's a new mining expert, uh, General uh, Petraeus. He's an expert now, John. Oh, by the way, you know, Petraeus Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll get to but, that but in I a second. I know the reason why. I yeah, found I out. know why, too. Let me finish my thought. You don't know why. Yes, I do. Mm-mm. Go on, go on, finish your thought. I'll tell you why later. No, please. You're half the show. And uh, John C. Dvorak, everybody. And you're, you're a big baby. So uh, it's because he leaned forward. His medals are too heavy. Yes. I know. I, I, I know your jokes. I don't need you on the show. I can just do your voice and, and we'll be fine. So there's stunning potential here, Petraeus, commander of the United States Central Command, said in an interview on Saturday. There's a lot of ifs, of course, but I think potentially it's hugely significant. Petraeus now knows a lot about uh, minerals. 
Instead of bringing peace, the newfound mineral wealth, according to this article, could lead the Taliban to battle even more fiercely to regain control of the country. Ugh. And apparently, the vast scale of Afghanistan's mineral wealth was discovered by a small team, an elite team, of Pentagon officials and American geologists. I mean, this, yeah. this whole article reeks of bullcrap. Yeah, no, it's total bullcrap. But they did mention the fact that the Russians had already discovered these minerals in, in the 80s. So, I mean, first of all, I don't think there's any... I mean, they, yeah, the administration wants to get out, but I, I, I think that uh, the CIA, and particularly Gates, I mean, there's a reason why Gates is still there. You know, it's like, you know, there's like, here's the meeting. Hey, Obama, listen, Gates is in. Otherwise, we blow your cover. Barry, Barry Sotero. <laughs> so the, the, they've got the goods on him. It won't go away. And, uh, and I think that uh, it's a big bonanza. Enter well, the economic I'll tell you this, if they don't get out of this Afghanistan before the election, these guys are going to take a bath. Yeah, so we'll just bring in the next puppet. Doesn't make any difference. Yeah, well, I know, but he likes to be the puppet. Uh, it's for, a difference to him. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter. He has, he has just read the prompter and shut up. Um, June 14th, according to Reuters, Iran is sending aid ships to blockaded Gaza. Did you hear about this one? I'm sorry? Iran is sending aid ships, i.e. a new flotilla, to the blockaded Gaza. Iran has ships? Iran has tons of ships, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, and they say that they're uh, shipping off uh, food and stuff like that that these people would need. Uh, but that is that has disaster written all over it, of course. And uh, I don't think it was any coincidence that, uh, and this was so weird where Timmy Geithner, I, I know I mentioned it earlier, Timmy Geithner just came out and had this whole thing. You know, did, did you know that the, so Tim Geithner is the Secretary of Defense, of uh, the, the Treasury, but uh, he did a little intro and then immediately he has, uh, what is the exact title of this guy? My God, these Iranian ships look like crap. <laughs> Undersecretary for Terrorism and Financial Intelligence. So they did, did you see that speech yesterday? No. Yeah, this was like, it slipped right in. And Timmy Geithner's like, okay, we're outlawing the banks, we're outlawing the, uh, the oil and gas companies, every single ship in Iran's national maritime uh, carrier, more than 90 ship names, these are all terrorists. So this ship is on its way. And, of course, it's filled with terrorists. 22 petroleum energy insurance companies. All uh, These are all new sanctions, by the way, that were announced. So it's heating up. And, uh, and I think uh, just to kind of bring it all around to the oil cabal, uh, they have to stop that, uh, that new pipeline. So they've either got to... There could be something in Turkey that could happen, something in Austria, because a lot of this gas is coming through Austria. Uh, or of course Iran, and I think, although I've, I've always kind of like doubted that it would happen. This Iran thing just might heat up into something real. Mm, maybe, and that would that would be the true reason. You know, oh no, we have to move from Afghanistan to Iran. 
that would be uh, that would be a possibility. But it is heating up, and this was no small matter that was announced yesterday. No small matter at all. Twenty two petroleum energy insurance companies. All you know, not allowed to do business with them anymore. Not allowed to, of course, doesn't mean that people won't. The people in Zug, in Zug, Switzerland. Well, since we're on this topic, because it's always fascinated me, there's this crazy story that's, there's two stories that are underreported. One of them I have a clip of on your, well, I'm not going to say your friend, but uh, by that that weird woman, uh, Laura Flanders, who sounds, always sound like Lyndon LaRouche. Who is she? She's the one who does Grit TV. You've seen her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, play her clip. It's a, it's a very strange. Uh, I don't know which. It must be labeled think, something else. I think it's under two. Yeah, but what's Let me find it? Uh, weird Utah. Who are you? Utah. Sorry. Uh, here we go. Utah cost of oil, about which more later. Let's start with that Utah report, Antonia. Um, what do we know about what happened there? Because, forgive many of us, we haven't been seeing this front and center of our evening news. Yeah, it just happened this weekend, and actually we still don't know exactly what happened. Somehow, a quarter-sized hole was punctured into a massive Chevron oil pipeline that carries oil to its Salt Lake City refinery, and that hole has leaked 33,000 gallons so far of oil directly into this creek, which you saw, which ultimately feeds into um, you know major river areas, uh, major water areas, and Chevron is... Um, essentially uh, throwing up its hands to some degree, saying we don't know why it happened, we, th- we think we can clean it up, we hope we can clean it up, um, but this is just you know another example of another oil spill. Actually, two weeks before the BP disaster, Chevron had another oil pipeline that was ruptured um, in the Gulf of Mexico, and that leaked 18,000 gallons of oil um, into a national wildlife preserve. We're all hearing about the failures of the federal response on the Gulf. What do we know about the response in Utah so far? The response in Utah so far is that we've got a lot of oil, and there's not a lot you can do about it. You know, oil is, of course, toxic. You you can't really get it out of, of water. You can try. You can get some of it. Um, this is seeping directly into groundwater. Chevron is definitely on top of it, probably more than they would have uh, if the rest of these um, events weren't happening at the same time. But you know, at the end of the day, what I think the whole country is learning is when oil goes into water, there isn't a lot that can be done. Hmm. All right, so there's an interesting point, a couple of points in here. One, of course, is assumed that Chevron wouldn't do as much if it wasn't for the big Gulf spill, which I thought was, you know, how does she know? But the other thing is, how do you get a quarter-sized hole in a pipe, big, thick pipe? Well, it seems to me that someone with a 357 Magnum that was just goofing around in the middle of nowhere. Would just <laughs> yeah, take- that's possible. <laughs> just take a shot at this thing, and a three fifty seven magnum, which can go into through very thick steel or a forty four magnum, whatever rifle you want to your gun or rifle you want to use, pops a hole, and it would be about that size. And then the thing starts leaking, and then you, oh my god, I didn't know that was going to happen. And then you take off, and then the, you now you got a big oil spill. What? And now you have to ask yourself, especially in the United States, where where guys like to take their shotguns and drive around in the in the South and and blow off uh, you know signs, stop signs, signs and stop signs uh, yeah. and the like cans. Mexicans, Puerto Ricans. I think this is the real reason that they want to get those drones in place. Oh, to, is to protect the pipelines. 
Yeah, because this is ridiculous. This guy shot. I'm, they won't even suggest this on the show because they can't talk about guns. Mm-hmm. But I can imagine some guy doing this. I mean, you're out in the middle of nowhere. What the fuck is? Oh, it's a pipeline, and you got your big gun with you. You've been shooting at you know uh, ducks. That's an excellent point. That is, you know, um, one of the biggest helicopter industries is pipeline protection. And just about every single chopper pilot I know has at one point in his if a commercial pilot has at one point in his uh, life done pipeline protection. You ever see a helicopter like probably at about 700 feet going really slow and then it'll go in one line and then it'll turn and those they're they're literally uh inspecting the pipelines from the air. It's very sophisticated. They yeah. they have uh you know geo mapping and all kinds of I, I, radar I, I, stuff. I suspect that these these Good these point. holes are more common. That's why you need the people that should check up and down. Yeah. And then probably- and zap them fuckers. Hey, hey, get off of that pipeline. <laughs> get yourself away from the pipeline immediately. <laughs> okay, so now here's the story that nobody's covering, and I think it's the most interesting story, of, including the golf thing. Uh, this is in a very this is an obscure kind of a blog called thenewspaper.com. Toll road giant buys newspapers to silence, silence critics. Australian toll road Maguire agreed Wednesday or Macquarie agreed Wednesday to purchase forty local newspapers, primarily in Texas and Oklahoma, for eighty million dollars. The Macquarie Bank is Australia's largest capital raising firm and has invested billions in purchasing the roads in U.S., Canada, and U.K. and the U.K. Most recently, the company joined with Sintra. Uh, concessions of Spain in a controversial 75-year lease of the 157-mile Indiana Toll Road. Now they're apparently involved in the uh, Trans-Texas Corridor, uh, which will cost between 145 and $183 billion to construct a road expected to use up uh, 1,200 feet wide. You know what we're talking about, that, that road that's going to go up to Canada yeah, from the, Mexico. Yeah, it's the, the Trans-America Corridor, whatever they're calling it. Yeah, the newspapers are the main communication tool for many rural Texan communities with m- many citizens at risk of losing their homes and farms through imminent domain. Many of the small papers purchased, most have a circulation of 5,000 or less. They paid a lot of money have been critical of the Trans-Texas Corridor. An article in the, uh, in the Bonham uh, Journal, for example, states the toll roads will be under control of foreign investors, which more than frustrates Texans. So this is, I'm surprised that this hasn't happened before. You buy up the newspapers. <laughs> you, what do you mean it hasn't happened before? Well, the Who owns Times. the New York yeah. Times? Uh, a Mexican billionaire. <laughs> what are you talking about? Who owns the Wall Street Journal? Rupert Murdoch. Or are you being facetious? <sighs> No, I was being stupid. Yeah. So I was being blonde. So, uh, <laughs> oh, so they buy yeah. up all these okay. idiotic uh, or these little papers that are bitching and mo- moaning. And now they're, you know, it's just like, and they've dropped $80 million on these on these little guys. It's they're just like, hilarious. Yay, payday. Here, but take the paper. The media would be on this. This is ridiculous that this is happening. What do you want me to write, sir? <laughs> what shall I say today? Oh, that's 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 perfect. That's perfect. Nobody's covering this. No, of course not. And if you want it covered, then uh, I would strongly support uh, you supporting us. I was watching uh, uh, PBS, one of our national treasures, and they had, uh, which I thought was going to be a really good show. They had like a 60s, uh, what was the, uh, the Ed Sullivan show? Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, this is good. You know, they had all the, the, the classic performances from the Ed Sullivan show. 
and they'd show like two clips, and then some guy who is who wasn't born when the Ed Sullivan Show was on is hosting with Paul Schaefer, who is hawking his book, and uh, Jay Thomas, who was paid to do the voiceovers for the, for these two clips in a row. And then they and they start like you know telling old stories which are just lame and doofusy, and I'm like you know but it went on forever. I'm like oh please you know you can't fast forward that unfortunately like you can with us. <laughs> and it's like please please just go back to the Ed Sullivan show. And I was like wow man, you know and 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 selling DVDs for 150 bucks. Jesus Christ, <laughs> yeah. please just give us five bucks a month. Dvorak.org slash NA. We need all the help we can get. We're going to finish the show, by the way, with this long clip, which you will find on there, uh, which I find, like I said earlier, to be the most interesting thing uh, in terms of a package that Stewart's ever put together because the amount of research that must have gone into this to get speeches from Gerald Ford and Ron Ronald Reagan and, and Nixon and all these these you know, these presidents from back when and that are all saying the exact thing almost word for word. It's just to me, it was like, I don't know, the staff should have been called out on the show for doing such a great research job. Do we want to end it here? I don't know. I got nothing else. I got a couple things just to, just to, to blaze through just a couple of uh, funny things if you want. Oh. Well... <laughs> Funny as in haha, or funny as in that's peculiar. <laughs> uh, please check out the show notes at noagendashow.com under the heading Demon Drink. As you know, the what John uh, righteously calls the neo-prohibitionists are at it again uh, all over Gitmo Nation. Um, calls now in Gitmo Nation East for banning all drink driving. And of course, it's not a good idea to drive after you've had a drink anyway. But, you know, why not just ban driving? Uh, street alcoholics costing millions uh, trying to quit smoking. Well, the devil is in the drink from New Scientist. Great article. If you're if you stop drinking, that'll help you stop smoking. And yeah, uh, yeah. well, actually, that's true. But I can give you, let me give you a, an interesting tip because the New Scientist actually ran this exact same story about 25 years ago, but they had a little kicker on it. Apparently, if you go to a bar, a lot of smokers know this. They go to a bar, they have a few drinks, they feel like having a smoke. It turns out that if you if you take a Tums or any 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 anti uh, acid pill, Rolaids, Tums, or bicarb, that craving goes away. The but craving for the smoke. I didn't bring that little factoid up again. The craving for the smoke. You mean? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, there's a bunch Spoken of... Spoken like a true non-smoker. Just saying. I've always told people, hey, you know, you, I got I, I had a drink, I got to have a smoke. I said, take a, take a Tums. I'd rather have the smoke. Well, you would. <laughs> not talking about someone who's trying to quit. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Um, I would, for the many people who wrote in and called me a douchebag uh, regarding the uh, the solar flares which are coming, yes, I'm, I'm well aware that uh, there's a cycle of approximately 11 years of solar activity. And I'm aware of this since when I was 15 was the first uh, cycle in my lifetime that I was aware of when uh, actually ham radio conditions were outstanding. You get what's called skip. And uh, on like 12 watts, I could, uh, on the 11 and illegally on the 10 meter band, could talk all around the globe. I'm very aware of the cycle. However, when NASA comes out and says, 
Beware unprecedented levels of magnetic energy from solar flares as the sun wakens from its deep slumber are on the way. It could hit like a bolt of lightning. Catastrophic consequences for the world's health, emergency services, and national security. I think that's a little more than just a little bit of solar activity that is in a cycle. And and NASA is predicting Armageddon, essentially. Yeah, well, that's NASA. Yeah, well, well that's why I mentioned it. If I you're playing lightweight crap. stuff, let me play the Prius ad that I, I didn't, I've never seen a Prius ad in my life. And I saw this one and had to record it because it's got a piece of information in here that, that I went, what? It can do that? It gets better gas mileage than any other car in America. It uses solar power to cool the interior. If you drift, it automatically brings you back into your lane. And right now, Prius comes with two amazing offers. Get special 0% APR financing or a low Prius lease. Just $1.99 a month with only $19.99 due at signing. It's amazing. It's amazing! Hey, I didn't know that. Is that a new feature? If you drift, it automatically brings you back into your lane? It doesn't sound like much of a feature. I think I'll change lanes. No, you won't. <laughs> what? Uh, let me get over here. I'm going to hit this car. No, you have to hit the car. If you have a Prius, let me know how that works. This may be a new feature, John. I never heard of this. No, I've never heard of it. Let me Prius lane drift. Let's just look at that for a second. I've never heard. Of, oh, it's a, here at Lane Keep Assist. Here it is. Aha. Uh-huh. It's the 2010 Toyota Prius, John. Wow. And uh, that can't be the Prius, is it? Is that the new Prius? It looks like the old Prius. I'm looking at... Uh, mm, there we go. Uh, lane Keep Assist. It's got a heads-up display, so you can watch the dashboard and... St- <laughs> Look at the dashboard. No wonder you're going to drift into the lane. A camera yeah, that literally looks for lines painted on the road. And then what does it do? And Oh, and then it, I guess it alerts you if you start to drift. Huh. Well, they think of everything, those Japanese, don't they? Well, it alerts you, or the way it sounds in the commercials is that it actually adjusts you. If the LDW system thinks the driver is about to drift into another lane, it sounds a warning and nudges the steering wheel a little bit. Okay. The LKA goes a step further, helping the driver stay in the lane with additional torque on the wheel. I don't like that idea. I don't like it at all. I don't, I mean, Although if you're driving, you know, talking about these drunk drivers, it might be useful. What's funny is we need to paint some extra lines on the road. Oh, that would be, yeah. That's <laughs> hilarious. Like, like, whoa! Uh, how much extra torque is it? And for for people who can't even keep their accelerators working freely and functionally, now now they're taking control of my steering wheel? I don't yeah, know the computer is good. taking control of the steering wheel. So you could probably, this to me, seems to me, to be part of a system where you could not only take control of the accelerator and the braking system, but you could steer the car remotely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why even drive? Just, but, you, know, you know, this is the only way. This guy hasn't made his payment. Yeah. Where is he? I got him here on the Steer camera. Him Let's off just the road. pull him over. <laughs> oh, perfect. Wow. Well, you want to get rid of somebody. Oh, that guy drives a Prius, huh? Well, we can kill him. Ready? Here comes an oncoming truck. So the, the, just one last story, and then we'll, uh, we'll end the show and get to the Jon Stewart uh, clip. Um, so one of the anomalies of uh, what I believe... Is, pro- is more likely caused by harp than anything is these holes that we've been seeing uh, 
in China, you know these you know these weird rings in the uh, in the cloud layer, and they've been showing up uh, often just before some catastrophic event. And of course, I think these things are fake. Well, um, have you seen one? Uh, no, and and that's kind of funny because uh, big story being pushed in uh, in multiple media that this is uh, caused by airplanes. Jet airplanes are punching holes in the cloud. So I guess that, you know, and, and this is happening in uh, Australia. They've had a lot of these, uh, and it shows up on radar, and it's like really weird, perfectly circular holes in the, uh, in the cloud layer. And so the, the story d- doesn't really add up to me. First of all, the reason why, so I said, no, I haven't seen them, and I've been flying in lots of jet aircraft, small and large, they say that uh, when jet aircraft climb or descend under certain atmospheric conditions, they can inadvertently seed mid-level clouds and cause narrow bands or snow or rain to develop, but they can also punch holes or channels in the clouds, which have long fascinated the public. I'm thinking disinformation, stand by. Particularly when you get to the part that as far back as the 1940s, scientists have wondered about the causes of these clouds. What? Oh, Really? And how many jet aircraft did we have flying in the 1940s? Well, there was a German jet fighter in 1945. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As far back as the 1940s, scientists have wondered about the Well, this reminds me of a thing I just saw in a crawler the other day. The CIA, it says the CIA has just released uh, some documents from the 1940s. Uh, Again, the 40s mentioned. And it was about, you know, about uh, about the Korean War in advance of the Korean War. We had some we had we knew something was going on, but we didn't interpret it right. I'm saying the CIA released these. It's some of its documents from the 1940s. When was the CIA in business as the in the 1940s? Yeah, didn't they start in like uh, 50, in the, in the, 52 or something like that? 53, 52, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Alan Dulles. Huh. Yeah. So what is it, where, where did the where did the CIA get the what is the CIA doing with the with its documents from the 1940s and why is it the 1940s again? This interesting coincidence that the 40s are being brought up. Hmm. Code. Yeah, could be code. Well, it, it might have been uh, the the precursor OSS. I think was. Uh, yeah, it could be. But why would they? They, they could have said it that way. It yeah. was it was CIA documents supposedly. Really, it's just been misreported. That's obviously it happens. So anyway, so this is uh, kind of the reverse of the uh, of the chemtrails are actually contrails. You know, I have a strong belief in. Uh, yeah, I know this chemtrails. is nuts. Why? Are, why? Why do you think that's so nuts? Because it's, it's ridiculous. You think it's, of all the things I say, you think the most ridiculous and the one you seem to be so adamantly opposed to is that uh, there could be spraying of chemicals in the air. You, yeah. you think that's, why do you think that's crazy? Even it's though, not, even though they're putting it in what, the upper atmosphere and what, what goods are going to do? It's not the upper ap- atmosphere, John. It's, it's at it's a five, five to 10,000 feet. It's not upper atmosphere. These things Bullshit. are low. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm just telling you, there's no, there's no evidence. Okay. All the only evidence there is, is with evidence. people that are worse crackpots than you no, on that, websites. Well, no, it's the government has actually said they've done this. They've done it for weather modification. They've done it, yeah, but that's different. That's not from a regular jet passenger plane. Yeah, it is. No, not a jet passenger plane. I'm not saying jet passenger planes do it. Okay. Anyway, they do see clouds that they used to. I think they stopped doing that in the '60s. Well, spend some time looking at the sky. I look at the sky all the time. 
And uh, yeah, <laughs> well, I'm just so it, you know, as a matter of fact. holes in the clouds caused by airplanes, John. The holes in the cloud thing is dubious, but at the same time, I haven't seen one of these effects, and you haven't seen one, and I don't know one of our listeners who's who's seen one. Yeah, no, lots of Gitmo Nation Down Under producers have sent me... Uh, yeah, they've sent you pictures that they got from someone else. Okay, well, if if the pictures are fake, then why would scientists come out and say, oh, well, these are caused by jet airplanes? I mean, that, I that makes no sense. I think because they keep seeing these pictures, they assume that they're real, like you do, <sighs> and they've had to come up with some explanation because people keep pestering them. Have any of these scientists seen this, seen the, this formation? I, I don't know. Yes, uh, uh, scientists... As far the back as the late forties, have wondered about the causes of these clouds. Oh, yeah, they wondered. Just a story from the get-go. Acoustic shock waves produced by jets. There you go. And I have that. I do have a photo of one of the F fifteen or something making one of these acoustic shock waves, and it's a real cool looking thing. It's this big circle around the plane. Yeah, it's not like a hole in the cloud layer. You've seen that. Uh, and then I don't know how long it even lasts because all you, it's just kind of a spectacular Sometimes photo. I really have to wonder about your motives. I really do. Of all the things, uh, from earthquake machines to everything else to moon bases, you, are, you, you, get, you get almost angry when I talk about uh, chemtrails. You almost get angry about it. Like, like I'm a, a, I mean, it's, not, it's the most feasible of all of my theories. And there, not if it's, and it, have, have, well, yeah, it's feasible. It's the most feasible, but, it's, but you, it's you, not, you know, to assume it's going on and you're being dusted with lithium or whatever it is to, to, to placate the, uh, the angry public, it just doesn't, doesn't wash. I mean, the public's not placated. They're just dumb. And that's the educational system. It's got nothing to do with spraying them. And you, you don't think for a second that, uh, that there are reasons why it could be done. And why it should be, and why why it's being done? You, I mean, you just you can't fathom that for a second. You can't get the parts per million up high enough. It's there's there's too much Gaussian dispersion. There's no way scientifically you could dope people up, and it's just not possible. That shit doesn't come floating down to the ground. Uh, no, it goes gets dispersed. It's all over the place, and probably half of it never gets to the ground. At least where you'd want it. Right. To. So if you do a lot of it, then eventually it does well, get that, to the ground, doesn't it? No. Wow. Wow, that's that's yeah, heavy, If a man. crop duster flew over at, you know, 500 feet and dumped a bunch of shit on me, yeah, you got me. Wow. All right. Well, I'm I'm a believer in it and uh and I will say yeah, I know you are. This is why I find it disappointing. And uh and I'll send you some uh, documentation when the government admits they're doing it. And I've sent you that before and you and what you do is you don't read it. I read everything you send me. Ugh. No. Anyway, John, I apologize that I. Uh, no, no, no. I don't want to hear any more about it. So that's, I, I just mentioned it for God's sake. Can we? Uh, no, uh, I, I want to. No, no. I, I, I need to clear my conscience. I apologize. I thought I was doing a good thing for the show. Yeah, I think. L- you can I just finish? Get- can, can I just finish, please? Is it okay? I thought I was doing a good thing overall for the show. Uh, what I've learned from listening to Howard Stern for a long time is if he asks you, then you launch into something, but you let him lead the conversation at all times. And if he'd asked me about the show, of course, I would have told him about the show. You're right. Not mentioning Nevio was an oversight. I, that, that's just four o'clock in the morning. 
Um, I did say in the morning uh, a couple times before the plug, the show in the morning. I, I did say that. Um, I did not mean to come across as it being my show, only my show. Uh, unfortunately, in this case, sometimes it comes out that way. But it was not intentional. And uh, I'm sorry that it bothered you so much. I thought that it didn't bother me that much. I just mentioned it. And I, th- I thought that you, well, if you had at any point during the show said, hey, you know, good promotion for the show, then it wouldn't have hurt so much. All right. We'll leave it at that. I, I handled it poorly. Unlike the John Stewart clip that I advise everyone to listen to. So we've gone uh, well over time here, and uh, we're going to go a little bit long. It's like uh, eight minutes, this clip. Is it we really? like to announce to the affiliates? <laughs> yeah, we're going over time, so uh, your local news will be eight minutes late. And please consider uh, supporting the show, because uh, apparently I won't have a, a job pretty soon, since I forgot to mention the name of my company. You should. You, you shouldn't. I got nothing to do with it. You should just apologize to Butler. Really? Wow. No, it's, it goes like this. Are, are we shutting down? <laughs> Is that what he said? Yeah. Something because I, I don't know. Because I didn't mention the name Mevio. Yes. Oh my God. All right. Well, no wonder I'm not a PR associate. Coming to you from the Hilltop Watchtower, Crackpot Command Center, and Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California. In the morning with John C. Dvorak, I'm Adam Curry. And uh, from northern Silicon Valley, uh, where it's garbage day and the trains are going by loaded with box, lots and lots of containers today. A little more than usual. I think the economy's picking up. And there goes one now. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Sunday for early morning service right here on No Agenda. beyond addressing uh, the cleanup of the oil in the Gulf, President Obama's speech had a larger goal. For decades, we have known the days of cheap and easily accessible oil were numbered. Now is the moment for this generation to embark on a national mission to unleash America's innovation and seize control of our own destiny. I believe we can fly (laughs) using non-petroleum-based technology <laughs> or giant magnets or hamsters running simultaneously <laughs> some other type of energy source that we haven't quite <laughs> now is the moment to dramatically improve our environment and move beyond a petroleum based economy unlike in 2006 this country can dramatically improve our environment, move beyond a petroleum-based economy, and make our dependence on Middle Eastern oil a thing of the past. Yes! <laughs> but see, back then, in 2006, we didn't do it. Because oil dependence had at that point only entangled us in two simultaneous wars. But now... It's gotten us into two wars and a giant spill. That's the push we needed. Although, I don't know, two wars and a giant spill, it's an awful lot to overcome and also do the get off the oil thing. 
You know, I wish we'd taken care of this energy problem 10 years ago when there was no war and the economy was great. That would have been a great time to develop a long-term energy strategy. We need a long-term energy strategy to maximize conservation and maximize the development of alternative sources of energy. And we would have done it, too. <laughs> if he hadn't have gotten distracted by that other spill. I should add, also took five and a half miles of boom in the Navy to clean up. Mm. Mm. That's why they call him the big dog. If only the guy before Clinton had thought of this. There is no security for the United States in further dependence on foreign oil. Yes. <laughs> and he would have done it too. If it hadn't been for these showing up, ooh, ooh. Disc brakes. that thing could really tow the boat I don't have up the mountain I don't live near. <laughs> I bet, I bet, wait, I bet the four guys before him would have gotten us off foreign oil too, if they had thought of it. We will continue supportive research leading to development of new technologies and more independence from foreign oil. This intolerable dependence on foreign oil. New standby emergency programs to achieve the independence we want. We will break the back of the energy crisis. We will lay the foundation for our future capacity to meet America's energy needs from America's own resources. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. Fool me eight times. Am I a f***ing idiot? I must be an idiot. So counting Barack Obama, the last eight presidents have gone on television and promised to move us towards an energy independent future. Before that, I'm sure they probably did it on radio. Well, why? Why didn't it work? Why couldn't we do it? It's not like they didn't have good ideas. Wind turbines. Nuclear energy. Solar bank. Energy efficient windows. Energy efficient homes. Natural gas. Hydro. American coal. Solar power. Ethanol, not just from corn. Atomic power. Wood chips and stalks or switch grass. Fuel cells. Natural gas. Zero emission coal fired plants. Solar panels. Better batteries for hybrid and electric cars. Methanol. Ethanol. Plant products for gasohol. Let's just use oil. You know what? We have to. I will not allow the dinosaurs to have died in vain. So we had good ideas and we're good people. We have the world's highest level of technology. We have the know-how. We have the ability. Our unyielding faith. Worthy of a great nation. We have the most skilled workforce. Our resilience. America is a rising nation. We are an unstoppable oil dependency breaking machine. <laughs> Unfortunately, the machine runs on oil. But, but, 
maddening. Maybe we just need a deadline, hard and fast, like we did with the moon. In 10 years, we will go to the moon. And in 10 more years, be somewhat bored by doing so. <laughs> we just need the president to lay out reasonable time parameters. At the end of this decade, in the year 1980, the United States will not be dependent on any other country for the energy we need. By 1985. By the year 2000. Within a matter of three or four years, if we'll just get after it and treat this like it's important. Another great goal. To replace more than 75% of our oil imports from the Middle East by 2025. What? So Dixon says, let's get off foreign oil by 1980. Which somehow becomes, let's not use as much foreign oil by 2025. <laughs> We've redefined success and still failed. Which brings us to perhaps the strangest aspect of this sad, some would say, Groundhog Day-ish saga. Of all these eight men of incalculable power who tried and failed to get us off of oil, one stands head and shoulders above the others as far as actually doing something for the environment. Who? I'll give you a hint. What's got four fingers and resigned in disgrace? This guy. Created the Environmental Protection Agency. He signed the Clean Water Act of 1972, the Marine Mammal Protection Act, when the Cuyahoga River was on fire in 1969. He put it out with his own urine. <laughs> but even Nixon, even Nixon couldn't get us off oil. And this was a guy who, by the way, was not afraid to bend the rules to get things done. <laughs> couldn't get it done. Because you see, it turns out Nixon had one major flaw. No, not delusional paranoia coupled with living in an ethical netherworld. No. <laughs> you know why Nixon couldn't get this done? We will establish a new system that makes high-quality health care available to every American in a dignified manner and at a price you can afford. Because Richard Nixon was a communist. 